Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Previously on Gresh and Fourier. Trip's already booked. I already texted everyone. I texted my wife. I'd be like, oh, we might get mad. We might get left out. Well, that's not what we wanted to hear. I've already got this stuff saved and ready to go. So then I can go like this. I hit confirm purchase. Just wait a second. Here it we says go. whoops. Right. Whoops! Just what it just said again! This is Gresh and Fourier. The boy A poke check. He scores! Charlie McAvoy wins it in overtime! I just love the way we just kept forging ahead. Obviously, you had a great push by a great team in the third period. And kind of snowballed but we went right back to work after Andy Gresh you know our relationship with the media is very important Stacy and Aaron have done a good job explaining it to those guys but at the same time I think there needs to be uh, a good relationship between the two groups and, uh, okay Christian Fourier you mentioned that you had a chance to meet Mac Jones can you envision him being this team's starter next season right you know really right now everything is on the table no Please, no! Gresh and Fourier, right now. Oh, jeez. No one has told me I'm beautiful. On W-E-E-I. Hey, how's your phone working today if you're an AT&T-er, huh? My my wife just texted me being like, uh, oh, I'm on Wi-Fi, so I guess I can uh, make contact with you. Apparently, it's uh, something to do with a a solar flash or something like that that has now uh, turned the AT&T Earth on its axis. Why would it only affect AT&T users? Like, why wouldn't it affect Verizon users or, you know, T-Mobile or, you know, whoever? Well, listen, why would I don't... Just AT&T, they all use the same cellular, the same towers. Yeah, I don't... Uh, well, hey, I don't know that as a fact. You're supposed to know... Wait, they all use... I do. They all use oh, the you're, same you're, towers. Yeah, uh, they all use the same satellite. Oh, so... You're a big phone technology, the are you? Cell towers around the United States, they're not every person uses the same towers. Different companies may use those towers, <laughs> but they all we all benefit from the same towers. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like now now who's who owns them is <laughs> But I don't understand why Foyer just explains <laughs> what he doesn't know. Hey, somebody fact check that for me, okay? Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just, so I could be one out of twenty. I would like to get one win. Finally, <laughs> the Twitch chat is science. And the Twitch chat's on fire early. Uh, 2012 lack with the John Henry just bought AT and T, and this is the new product. 
seriously. Uh, G. Plymouth says, Gresh, did you blow up AT&T trying to book tickets to see other men beat each other up? I did get through. Thank God. Well, we figured out that it might have been some sort of firewall thing here because I walked literally step by step my wife through Go to the USC Fight Club here. I, literally, step by step, she had them done, bought, paid for in five minutes. Meanwhile, I'm sitting at the stoplight waiting to go up the freaking hill to go to Newton Circle, which is one of the great places on earth. Well designed, let me tell you. We allegedly have some of the biggest and brightest here in Massachusetts, <laughs> and we decided around a hotel to put a circle yeah. with eight different yeah. ways to get into it. Oh, it's just lovely. And nobody knows how to yield. No one knows. Nobody how, knows the yield rules and, or the rotary rules. Well, and they got the stop sign that says, uh, hey, if it's red and there's no one coming and you stop, you can go, which and no one goes. does. They just it's infuriating. Oh, my God. It's insane. You're right. It's either someone sitting there who goes, I got a red light. It's like, you can go. Or they're pulling out as others are in. It's a disaster. By the time I got there, it was done and over with. I spent more than I wanted to, but I had to give over control because by 2.35 yesterday, as you could imagine, I was at a little bit of a boiling point. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah, well, and you saw my frustration <laughs> know, in real like, time. It came, 2 o'clock can't come quick well, enough. Well, but, I mean, I was legitimately thinking I was buying these tickets the right way. I must if you have been admit on at and is what it, what it was. It was the, the first sign of a the solar flare. The first solar flare is what it was, exactly. Well, thank God for that, and hopefully I wasn't too distracted in the 1 o'clock hour. Although, people will, like, tell me or hit me up on Twitter or whatever and be like, yeah, you freaking out, it's kind of funny. I don't know that it is uh, as funny as everyone thinks it is, but Fourier does, so that basically leads to the I don't know how that- only AT&T is affected by this. Oh, you didn't even hear a word I said. No, no, I was talking to I was there talking you go. to Nick. That's great. <laughs> what did I respond to? We're off to a flying what I, what stop. I re- wait, hey, please, no, what, what did you please, re- what, what did, did you I respond, respond to? to? Yeah. That I'm the greatest gambler ever is oh. what you responded to. Hey, you had no idea what you were saying Please. there. I see. I knew this was going to happen. Oh, that you're oh, gonna, hold on. You're would distracting you like, yourself. Would you like a pat? Would you officially like no, me to I never scoot s- over there and give you a pat? The- no, oh, I'm going to do it right now. No, I never said anything about it. Don't. You're going to fall for God's sakes. Okay, there we go again. Oh, there goes Fourier banging into the wall or whatever. No, I mentioned about the you. You saw how frustrated I was getting because I kept getting kicked out of that thing. It was like five times while you were looking. Yeah. User error. Have you just hey, got it. it. Was your fault. Oh, that yeah, and you just missed Jokus to your own fault. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, Fourier's only got a couple more days on his little wheelie cart Thank here, God. and uh, yeah, the the jokes are flying. Apparently, what uh, Christian? Uh, I just went head over heels in my chair. Oh my God, uh, Billy, uh, that might be the most exciting Red Sox moment of the year. Uh, Billy, when Fourier rolled in today, uh, didn't he say, and I quote, "I I fell two times at home yesterday." I, I think it was. It might have been more than two. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't. As you can tell, there's not like a low center of gravity for the scooter and the wheelbase is very narrow so if i try to really cut a corner kind of like what i did yesterday i felt like i i cut the corner too quickly and i just toppled over you gotta ease into your turns i know i do i need or i need or lean into it or lean uh, the other way well how would it be if i go this way oh, whatever you you're doing at a speed where you're leaning yeah whatever you're doing do the opposite <laughs> that's how's that and billy's right watch your speed true all right, we, we you don't want speed bumps in the uh, hallways and it's all, all the speed limit signs that, in the hallway. That would be that would be the way that Christian would need another two weeks in the cast. It would be someone banged into him in the hallway, 
Or he's and of course it would be the other person's fault. Or he's wheeling into the kitchen to go get himself a nice coffee, and that thing just slides right out from underneath of him. Do you ever see the? Uh, Do you ever see the the? It, it's like a uh, a gif. I think it is. Of the dwarf on in a, in a mud bogged area on like a little wheelie thing, and he just wipes out around the corner. <laughs> That'd be Fourier going into the kitchen area, just take it all out. There'd be salespeople wiped out, gathering down there. Oh boy, it's one of those days, folks. It really is where uh, I guess the biggest thing in our world uh, was the Bruins did get a win last night, six five. If you stayed up until about ah one fifteen in the morning. Uh, I think you saw Charlie McAvoy score the game winner in Edmonton. Bruins are right back up at it again. We mentioned it'd be good for them to uh, get out of town. That's exactly what they did. They're now a point ahead of Florida in the Atlantic standings. But Florida has a game in hand. Bruins are back at it tonight. Billy has got more on that coming up in trending. But, uh, well, Fourier yesterday... um, what would you? How would you describe the media gathering of uh, the coaches and the assistant coaches yesterday down at Gillette Stadium? It felt like it was just short of a box social. Yeah, it's like the the old uh, Step Brothers movie. Uh, they're getting ready for the Catalina Mixer. Oh, that's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. It wasn't yes. like anybody was trying to close deals, but it was. Let's. Here's the overall theme. I guess for me would be. Just how just how 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 massively important it is for them to draw a separation between what used to be to what is now. It is it feels like there is more of a focus on telling everyone we're different, we're not the big bad wolf versus Hey, we're trying to build a football team that can win. Yeah, it is. Uh, and it's amazing. It's like they just want nothing to do with it. And every aspect of what Bill did was wrong. Mm-hmm. Every aspect of it. Like from, and we'll hear it too, right? From from the media, from the, the way, for how they handle the media, how the, the coaches speak, uh, how they handle everything. Even like the size of his staff, like his his coaching staff, and like how important that is. That was a real like everything jab was at like a, yeah, it was like some passive aggressive dig, and it's and it's it's almost like Mayo is it's becoming harder and harder for him to not just flat out say his way sucked. I dealt with it and put up with it as a player and of course as a coach, but man, is he out of touch? With what really needs to happen. Like everything he did was stupid. It never worked. It's like they want to erase yes, everything yes, that happened. Yes, yes. It's as For if. For what reason? It is as if there is such a want to scrub away 24 years of Belichick being around. For those who didn't hear it yesterday, because I definitely have some uh, Belichick connected thoughts with Mayo that. Everyone is just lapping up right now because it's different. But in terms of the staff question, this is Gerard Mayo yesterday. One thing we, we wanted to make sure of is that we weren't duplicating roles. And so for, for us, we were thinking about what value what value does this role uh, bring to the team? Now, for, historically, we've always had small staffs. And, I mean, it's hard to get things done that way in today's NFL. We weren't really thinking about you know, the size, we weren't thinking, we were just thinking about how can we make this staff as good as it can be. Now, look, honestly, uh, after talking to a lot of coaches, your first year coaching, 
Like you hope you put together the best staff, but realistically, I mean, it's a process. Oh my God. I want to unpack the end of that quickly. There's a lot to unpack on that one. That one alone. So is that a compliment to then to the Patriots defense that they played so well last year with no offense and allegedly duplicity in roles or whatever in the world it is? Then how how in the world do I put into context well, what the, whole, the point which, was there okay, for Gerard well, Mayo? Because I, I feel like there's three different angles here. I'm going to start sure. with the duplicating roles. Yeah. That to me, okay, okay, for me it means, hey, I was doing the job of three people. Mm-hmm. I was duplicating my role uh, at, at two other spots, right? That's So we thought the whole aspect of, hey, man, they have an outside linebackers coach, a D-line coach, a middle linebackers coach, a safeties coach, and a receivers coach. In the past, it was secondary coach, you're coaching three positions. D-line coach, linebackers coach, you're coaching really technically two, possibly three positions. We didn't, we didn't want to duplicate roles because it wasn't efficient. It took too much time. We were here all day. We had so many responsibilities. It's not efficient. So we don't want to duplicate roles, quote, unquote. We don't want to do it the way Bill did it. It was too hard. Mm-hmm. It was antiquated. It was, uh, it was too much of a burden on the coaches. How about this? I'm not good enough to pull that off. Absolutely. That yeah. is that to me is another big signal from Gerard Mayo and the the whole thing at the end of that comment we will get to, but that to me there's a there's a little bit of that there of the no, we have to do it differently because we have no choice. Yeah, and I'm not experienced enough yeah. to be able to do it like that. Like that is a part of it, but but again, it feels like the <clears throat> It, it 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 almost is to the point, you know how when fans go nuts over losing a player or a player leaves in free agency, right? Remember the first time LeBron left and went to Miami and those dopey Cleveland fans, what did they do? They got in a pile and they all went down to the town square and they burned jerseys. It That's what, there's a little bit of that's what this feels like. They're stopping short of taking the championship trophies and throwing it in the middle of the bonfire to prove that they're upset or disagree with the way things used to be done down there. And that that had to be driven home yesterday. Had to be multiple times by multiple people. Because it wasn't just Mayo. What, what it, I, I, we're going to get to the whole putting together a staff thing because that is really driving me nuts on that narrative. But you said there were three. We hit the first one. We'll well, some of them are, are, are carryover of what we're going to talk okay. about. So I'll just, I'll so just that, it, that, it, that overall theme is what stood out to me. That stood out to me, and that and even that, even just talking about the duplicating roles, or there's three aspects of that that he talks about that he goes into, and it's almost this weird. And again, it's. I don't even know if I could talk about this. I need to look it up because the Dynasty, uh, a couple of the other episodes came out, and there was something that happened in one of the episodes that Bill talked about that is relevant for this kind of comment. But I don't uh, – there's there's certain rules and regulations if you have, like, an early access to it. You can't yeah, talk yeah, about some of the events. Yeah, yeah, there are only certain – yeah. I, uh, we're but, so I have to, to check on it before I quote it. We're allowed to talk about three and four, which I do believe are dropping tomorrow on Apple TV. Just quickly. Okay. Is it starting to stick with you a little bit that throughout this whole process, there have been multiple times where Gerard Mayo said what we heard at the end of that cut there of the, 
well, you know, basically it's, well, you know, when you put together your original staff, eh, you're probably going to make some mistakes. What? <laughs> I know. It's like, dude, are you already kind of, you know, teasing the fact that, hey, just so you know, I'm admitting right now, one of these decisions is probably bad, but I'm a first-year coach, so you guys be easy on me because, listen, I checked around with other coaches, and mm-hmm. other coaches say you're probably going to screw up a couple of these hires. But listen, just so you guys know, silos are down. Don't be so hard on me when this guy doesn't work out. So they take a quarterback at three, and under that premise, two years later, we might find out that Alex Van Pelt's no good. Well, you know, I told you I said, right. at the mixer. I told you at the Catalina mixer that this is probably you guys. I told you we knocked down the walls. You guys are mm. we're a family now. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. If Reaction. you don't have AT and T, well, that's true. Reaction to the coaches yesterday. You can text us at three seven ninety three seven. The Twitch chat is uh, up and running. It's about half and half. Uh, some of the real Mayo defenders are in there. Oh, you got to start fresh. Okay, a fresh start where it's, hey, maybe some of these guys I hired might not be the best, but, you know, we'll all try to do our best. Uh, that doesn't instill confidence unless you're just of the burn bill down. Throw your jersey in the middle of the bonfire of, hey, we want to forget about William Hoodsworth Belichick. Uh, we have so much more to unpack and get to. Uh, there was a word that Fourier picked up on. I think it's a word that we've heard a lot. It's also a part of the we're doing things different here now. This is Crash and Fourier on WEEI. Get Boston Sports Original on the go wherever you go. Just download the Odyssey app. That offensive coordinator search, at least from afar, seemed wide-ranging. Um, a number of different people interviewed. Why was it important to cast such a wide net for that job? Yeah, this is my first time doing it. Um, so you want to make sure that you have uh, a bar set and then work off of that bar. I feel very, I feel very good about where our staff is. Uh, once again, look, there will be I mean, one-offs here and there, but uh, it, w- it was very important just to talk to as many people as we could so we can get a good feel uh, for who we wanted to hire. Hmm. Or a lot of those people that you interviewed were getting other jobs that were better, which is okay. That's going to happen when you don't know what you're looking for and you're going through it the first time. That is Gerard Mayo on the landing on AVP. And uh, thank God that guy walked through the door with a commensurate level of experience and an interest in the job. And uh, Alex Van Pelt sure as hell picked up on the collaborative word. Oh, yeah. How many that times was, was it actually said? I would say from the from the four coaches, because they had Mayo and the coordinators, yep. and I don't know what happened in the whole pizza party afterwards, but I think we were over 20. Really? Between the four of them. Holy yeah. cow. Oh, yeah. A uh, collaboration nation. So it which is which is such an obvious sign that there was zero collaboration in all aspects, even though Bill supposedly was pretty open to hearing everybody's opinion through the draft, scouting, because he can't be in five different places at once. He has to rely. He has to he has to be able to collaborate, doesn't he? Yes. I don't know how you can do yeah. that job you, of, of everything that he was doing and not like kind of okay you good with this okay i'm trusting you good okay go yeah i I don't know how it works we've gone to such extremes 
it's as if uh, Scott Pioli never existed. You know, because it must have been just Bill doing everything. Yep. And we we've gone so far the other way. And, you know, even in some of the bickering in the uh, Twitch chat, not only amongst Twitchers, but, you know, me jumping in there as well, on the whole, I wish the focus was on building what you need to build, not focusing on we're tearing everything down. Have we heard anything other than collaborative, which everyone pointed out right away, boy, there's a jab at Bill, right? If I said to you, what does Gerard Mayo stand for as a head coach or a team builder or something like that, there's no way to answer that question. We have no idea going in because here's the only thing we've heard for six weeks. We're just doing everything different now. That's really, in, in essence, whether it's dressed up as collaborative, knocking down silos, whatever. Can we not say that the first six weeks of the Gerard Mayo tenure had been, to this point, nothing more than telling us how different they're going to be? Yeah, and how much they want to, like, uh, you know, remove themselves from the past and uh, and have nothing. I-, I can't imagine how Gerard Mayo was drafted, developed, and coached by Bill, was on his staff, doesn't have some sort of just, you know, resemblance of what he was and how we coached and his practices and philosophies and tone. I can't imagine it not being part of his DNA. And that's the the the, the reluctance to kind of admit or just, you know, talk about the past. And maybe they need it. I don't know. I don't know because there's Hold on. A- you might be right, but the question is who needs it? That's the bigger question is because you, you know what it feels like. I'm at the top of the masthead, and it's different now. And it feels like it's that's the whole. So to your point, you might not be wrong. Maybe they do need it. But is someone ordering it? Give me back my franchise. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think, I think they're in lockstep, those two. I think Kraft and Mayo are... They're the same. They they want the same thing. They they had the same issues. They want the same new experience. They don't want as a player. Mayo is probably like, dude. That's the way this guy. It's always uptight. He's always a jerk to the media. He's always like, you know, just short with everybody. It's it's like there's never any you know Bill benefit was of the master- doubt. Bill and you lived this as a player. He he was and is the master of creating the professional tension that you want to keep everyone on edge that keeps hopefully the knives sharp so that you're better than other teams on Sunday. And I think it's been that guy's philosophy forever. But again, it feels like we're at midfield and there the bonfires built. And oh, that picture had Bill in it. Well, we'll take that down, throw it in there, and yeah. let it burn. You know what I mean? Never speak his name. I do think there is an aspect of if he constantly referenced Bill, we would be criticizing him for the for for that. That is very fair. There's there's no question. But if he mixed it in with, well, when I was at Tennessee, Philip Fulmer, ba ba ba, mentioned Bill. If you're if you're using it as a part of your past experience and it was only referencing Bill, then yes. But Mayo's been impacted by other people. 
Whether it's those who were former teammates like Inky Johnson, who is now one of the best motivational people around. Whether it's Phil Fulmer when he was at Tennessee. That defensive coordinator who was at, was that John Chavis, I think, maybe at the time or something like that? I can't remember. But there have been other people in the past. There's no reason why Mayo, I would want to hear from Mayo of the experiences that he would have had outside of the Bill New England bubble and would like some of those mixed in. But it feels like the push is we're doing it different and we're going to collaborate. And that's where it ends right now. There's no real formulation of here's the road ahead. We're all going to join hands and we'll all walk down the road ahead. And it's like, eh, somebody's got to show the way. Do they not? And the other aspect of this is let's just try to be fair for a second. We'll we'll play the other sound in a second because I do feel like he is, uh, on one hand, he's going to be judged as a tenured coach who's been in the league for a long period of time. But the reality is he's as green as green can be. He is as green. Uh, remove your love affair or your admiration, and he did this, and he speaks this, and blah, blah, blah. None of that means crap anymore. Whatever understanding or relationship you have with Mayo as a player, as a media guy, as in the financial world, or as an assistant coach, that is over. He's now the head coach of the New England Patriots. And he should be judged as the head coach of the New England Patriots. But there is this element of he's never done it before. Mm-hmm. Never at any level. He's never done it. So to his point, I still wouldn't say it, he is going to massively stick his foot in his mouth. There's no over question. and over mm-hmm. and over and over and over again. How much of a leash do you give him? How much of the benefit of the doubt of he's a new coach do you give him? Because I do think it's fair to give him that based on he was hired as an assistant mm-hmm. with no experience. How much do you give him? Do you Are you easier on him because he's a first-time head coach? Or do you say, screw it, you're a head coach? Well, he has elevated the expectations on his own. Hey, this is how we're judged here and it's winning. And the owner has also said, we need to get back to where we were. And I think that's a pretty clear missive from Robert Kraft. But there's no, it it depends on, and I hate to add the context to it, it depends on where the screw-ups are. For example, I think they're lucky Alex Van Pelt walked through the door. But when Mayo says, hey, you know, we're putting together the staff and we might not get it right, you can't get that one wrong because you're going to draft somebody at three. So that I, if he screwed up Tyquan Underwood, if he screwed up the O line hire, if Mike Pellegrino, who he's keeping around, can't do the job the way they want, I'm not going to react as harshly to those guys. But if you were lucky to get Alex Van Pelt, you draft a quarterback at three, and that's one of the guys two years down the road, you're going to go, oh, I need to pull the ripcord on that one. Or, boy, DeMarcus wasn't as good as I thought Colin plays. I got to pull the ripcord on it. There's a different level of accountability because you can't screw those up. Those are the big ones, especially if you're going to draft a quarterback at number three. So some minor screw-ups, you have an assistant that maybe is a dunderhead, fine that I can buy if you're going to sit here two two years from now and AVP is going to go out the door and you get the well you know I said I might not get some of them right from the beginning what you've done is probably just put yourself in jeopardy as the head coach I just feel like they're the honeymoon 
uh, phase for the Patriots will be longer than it would be for any other first-time coach who was previously a coordinator who is now a head coach. That's why I think the leash will be longer because of just who hired him, the relationship, what happened before. Because if Gerard Mayo went from untitled defensive guy, right? You're yep. a lot, you're you're not you don't have it. You're not a coordinator because coordinators, uh, no titles are important to him, but not to Bill. If he went to Carolina, Atlanta, any of these job openings, if he got that job, he would be judged right away as a head coach, not as a first-time head coach that needed to, you guys are going to have to kind of grow with me. Because technically, realistically, he's going to have to grow into the job. He is going to make a ton of mistakes. You shouldn't say that you're going to make a ton of mistakes. There's we that, will yeah. say it for you. Well, and that gets to the whole media part of this. And uh, I'm disappointed that there are so many people in our profession that are just giddy over having the head coach say their name. Oh, Adam, that's a great question. <laughs> that's what it feels like where it's the... You know, oh, this is kinder, it's gentler, it's nicer, it's the, oh, look, everyone is going to have an open relationship and talk to me. Really? Oh, Karen, hello. Yeah. <laughs> do we really, do you really think that this is the true new way of doing things in New England and that there'll be transparency? Because we'll get to the Robin Glazer question where there was zero transparency in that, but uh, it is not... Uh, do you have to be a dink like Bill? No. Is it important to have a great relationship with the media? No. It isn't. At the end of the day, it can be a zero-sum gain, if not be a negative for you. There needs to be the media at arm's length. I think there are, I think there are some Christian who think that, well, doors are open. Here we go. Come waltzing in. We'll, we'll give you the state secrets. Hey, you want the game plan? Sure, we'll give you the game plan. Hey, can I trust you with it? Like, Can I trust you? What do you make of all of that? Because not only were you in four different NFL locales where it was different everywhere, you also lived the early version of the bill rules when it came to the media. I'll cover the game plan. You can send it over to Kansas City if you can. I mean, <laughs> it might be easier for all of us. Here's what you're not going to get. That's what you're not And this is – there's – Bill – is the same as any other coach. Mm-hmm. They're not giving you the game plan. They're not doing this. They're going to be as you know evasive as possible. On the, the on the verge of being snarky. Yeah. Okay. And they're that Bill, way in meetings too. Bill was Bill was like condescending. Bill Bill yeah. was a Bill was a jerk. Like he, Bill he, was he went too far with he it. He went no way question. way yeah. too far to the point where it really did become a cat and mouse game. I'm going to try and get you in a gotcha moment. I'm going to make sure I avoid it. And if you say something stupid. Most coaches would be like, oh, listen, man, you know, they, they won't pants you and make you look like a fool if you ask a question. You mean they'll do like the uh, the coach at Penn State on the whole, that doesn't compute. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, like, and the then whole, there's just chucking it deep. And, and some, it's in, in some, that question, uh, that Penn State question, that deserved 
the head coach to be a dink. Like, what do you do? Shut up. But 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 James Franklin level of dink wasn't as biting as yeah, Bill. True. And that's where people are very much reacting, I think, to some of the oh, look at Mayo. He's gonna give us verbal huggies with all these press conferences. Yeah. And Bill gave nothing and was a dink about it. Guys who uh, you know, does he need to be the opposite of that? The the complete opposite is Pete Carroll. Pretty open, good person. Like, when they sit down with you, they almost, like, compartmentalize their life. And they go, okay, I'm doing an interview right now. Let's talk. Let's talk real. Like, I'm not going to – listen, you know I can't answer that. Hey, I can't answer that. Well, okay. Because I will guarantee you, Mayo isn't going to say anything. Nothing. He really did he yesterday. Doesn't, he's not going to say anything. He avoids it just as well as Bill. He's just going to do it with a smile and a chuckle and a laugh. There's your difference. He's going to be respectful of your job and your position. So he's not going to, like, out you. Even if you say, even if you phrase the question wrong, this is why Bill was a jerk. You phrase the question wrong. Maybe you speed up your question. Or maybe you're nervous and you say it wrong. Bill would pause, make you feel like an idiot, and then answer, and then then not give you another chance. Mayo's not going to do that. Mayo's going to dance around with you a little bit. He's going to be a good dance partner. He's been in the media, so he knows what it's like. Hey, I get what you guys go through. I know how hard you work. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to embarrass you and your profession and your livelihood. That's the whole kumbaya moment between the media. Nothing else guaranteed. You will never get anything out of him. Nothing. He will be just as evasive as Bill, in his own way. But he'll say it nice. Yeah, say it nice. people will fall for yep. it. Because, listen, we used to interview him way back in the day. Our interview started at 10 minutes. We cut it to two and a half because we were just sick of dealing with him. Sick of it. It was, it was like he just, you couldn't even play around with the question because he just wouldn't say anything. He's going to end up being the same way. It's so early right now. Wait till they go lose four in a row. Oh, my God. Honeymoon phase on uh, on lock right now. It's going to be in this for a while. Uh, and then the question of Robin Glazer has come up a lot. Um, in the uh, Apple TV documentary, I have a funny feeling there will be some people uh, talking about Robin Glazer. And it's the first time, I think, for a lot of fans that they've heard the name uh, and when you watch what's coming up on, on Apple TV, there's a lot more there. There's no question. And there's this sort of shroud of secrecy with everything down there right now on the whole Robin Glazer, what's her role, all that kind of stuff. It did not help her, to be fair, that Gerard Mayo had the introductory press conference and then it was, oh, yeah, by the way, Robin Glazer's also there, too. It's like Mayo's right-hand person. And they announce it after the press conference and people are like, what, what, are, what are you trying to pull here? Uh, and then there was the, the question to Mayo yesterday where Mayo could have done Robin Glazer a solid by answering any other way than this. What role is uh, Robin Glazer? What duties is she performing for you? She was in on at least some of the interviews. But- yeah, you know, honestly, like at, at this point in time, I just kind of want to focus on the coaches. Um, look, we'll have other opportunities to really talk about some of the things and some of the roles as it starts to really set into place. But right now, I'm focused on the coordinators, and I think we should focus on the coordinators and the assistant coaches. What, what should he have said? Um, something along the lines of, look, her role is an assistant to me. I'm a first-timer in this. Having someone with a legal background is not bad, especially when you're going through an interview process. 
There will be times where Robin has to handle stuff for the organization. And then there are times where I might need her counsel on some things that have nothing to do with football. That role will evolve as much as everyone else's. But for me right now, I can't worry about explaining her role to people on the outside. I have to focus on getting ready for the combine, trying to get ready for the draft, and do it the most efficient way I can. How's that? Okay, thank you. Instead of the, well, I'm just here to focus on the coordinators. Because you know what? If it sounded like this, uh, yeah, Christian, we're we're not really here to get into her role. We're here to talk football. You know There's what? I, no, you know yeah. what? And the only difference is the tone and the delivery. Otherwise, the, same the exact same thing was said. It just wasn't said with a snort and a chortle. What is Gerard Mayo's version of uh, "I'm just doing what's best of the team" going to be? Oh, there what will is be his, none of that. What? No, he'll have a version of it. He will. He will in his own. It'll paraphrase it in his own words. If there one. will be a version. Maybe it's silos. No, it's collaborate. One, two, three, collaborate. Yeah, that's got to be what it is. How we feel about all getting together and getting along and not having no silos. Oh, yeah. There you go. That, no, they can't mix that together either. Oh, that's from the, you know, that's they're the going to get, they're, I guess they're going to have to figure something else out. Yeah. Hey, let's all do the slow, uh, you know, what is it? The whole clap that uh, the Olympians do and they do in Minnesota. They just clap. And let's do that really slow, guys. And then uh, and this is how we end every win. Yeah, how we feel about it? Look each other in the face. Yeah, and you keep going. And you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it, then it just gets messed up because no one can keep a beat. Well, that's true too. It's like trying to get a crowd to chant, and some people like trying to do the wave is wrong. Oh yeah, the wave. That's a uh, that's a good one too. Um, so uh, yeah, interesting comments from Alex Van Pelt on Mac Jones yesterday. In that he didn't slam the door in his face. What do we make of it? We'll get to that next. You can stream the show or listen on demand anytime. Just download the Odyssey app. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y. Say W-E-E-I's a favorite and listen wherever you go. Now, more Gresh and Fourier on W-E-E-I. You you mentioned that you had a chance to meet Mac Jones. Can you envision him being this team's starter next season? Right, you know, really right now, everything is on the table. Um, as we go through this process, we're really, this last couple weeks, 10 days, have just been diving into who we are, uh, trying to evaluate our guys. Um, you know, a lot of people in this situation, on staffs that have been here, they're doing free agency. Well, we're doing our guys as they are free agents. So we're trying to understand who we have here, as well as looking at other players out there. But right now, everything is on the table, and we're just still working through that process. When that time comes, I'm sure we'll, it'll be a you know a collaborative effort, and we'll make the right decisions. All right, a collaborative, but b perfect answer, perfect answer from Alex Van Pelt. And I know that I made the joke of the whole oh they didn't say they were slamming it in Max's face. But when we brought this up a couple of weeks ago, because now everybody is circling around on the whole Mac Jones stuff, you and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The cap ramifications and stuff like that and how to handle Mac. And look, whatever people think across the league is whatever they're going to think. Alex Van Pelt played it perfectly. Number one, they're not throwing him out yet. Number two, because again... Look at the way everybody is sort of handling even their own quarterbacks that they don't really want. You know, the Jets' owner came out and said, Zach Wilson's an effing idiot. But you haven't heard that from Joe Douglas or people on the team or anything like that, right? 
So for Alex Van Pelt, it is the, listen, I'm not going to close any door. We could end up, like, seriously, from the Van Pelt end, they could end up whiffing on the number three pick or whatever or going in a different direction and just being like, see if you can rehab this guy for a year and then we'll figure it out. Like, just, they didn't close the door on anything with Mac. And do I have any delusions that the guy is going to be the starting quarterback here next year? No, I don't. But in terms of trying to do something with the asset, and oh, by the way, maybe he is a little bit of your safety net if everything goes to hell in a handbasket. What a great answer by Van Pelt. Well, yeah, and there's obviously, um, you know, if you are going to try and trade him, it looks like there was a report I just saw this morning about Seattle being interested in trading for Mac Jones and what that would look like. Geno Smith signed, a, you know, I think a two-year extension. Or they picked up his option. So yeah, I think this not... might be the final year of a two-year yeah. for Geno or whatever. And some, you and I talked about it. Fans around here, whatever on the guy, but across the league – People are going to look at, I think, three things. One will be, why did he crater this year? Because you look at the beginning of 23, and then you look at how it ended, and you're like, wait a minute. How did that guy go from 300 and whatever yards, three touchdowns and a pick against a team that we thought was Super Bowl worthy to cratering inside himself? Number two would be, how messed up is his head from a football standpoint? He went from McDaniels to Patricia to Billy O in three years. And if you look at the narrative on Bledsoe, it was very similar for Drew before there was the consistency of of the, the coaching staff with Pete for a couple of years and all that. There was like Ernie Zampezi and this guy, that guy, different quarterback coaches or whatever. And the other one is the Belichick effect. You know, how complicit, like, if you can't deal with Bill, why would you be able to deal with me? Like, explain to me how that whole thing went sideways because... The other thing people will remember is, of all these ragtag guys that are out there, there's one who did lead a team to the playoffs as a rookie, and that's Mac. And while people might say, well, that was X years ago, in the NFL, people look for reasons to try to take a chance on a guy. And considering the rest of the quarterbacks in that draft, other than uh, Trevor Lawrence, that's something you can sell to someone. Hey, this guy did go to the playoffs once. Yeah, yeah, sure you can. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, Mac Jones is at the – because you can look at the um, the financial ramifications uh, if you want as far as what it means if you trade him, what it means if you cut him, and, and June 1st is a big date that kind of, you know, qualifies as, you know – you know, To putting, make it easy, if you trade Mac, it's essentially no cap charge. If you cut him – you're eating another two point seven million. No on big the original. deal. Yeah, no big deal. And that's my point is that for me, like he's saying all the right things, and that's what I would say. Also, kind of you know, make sure you maintain some sort of you know leverage as far as negotiations go. Hey, I already and they're monitoring this. Hey, I already said like I'm not against it. I may keep them. I I got to reevaluate everybody. What they're doing right now is they're going through their own roster. And evaluating their own roster before they can literally get into free agency in the draft, and that's what they, they have gotta, to do. They got to no find question. out what they have. Yep. So he's so, but I do think that overall, he falls Mac Jones. That is, he falls victim of uh, I'm sick of your face. I think there will be that in the end. It's the whole a. Hey, I just don't want to see you anymore. I'm sure there's a part of Alex Van Pelt that's like, damn, like. I wish I had this guy before they did to him what they did to him because there are traits there. There are things there that are likable. Now you just listen, if if you're 
Chicago, the Jets, the Patriots, Denver would be... Uh, Denver's just doing it with an older quarterback yeah. that's making money, right? All this quarterback sort of horse trading right now, right? You know, hey, he's still got a couple good races left in him. You know what I mean? Or, hey, this guy just needs a brainiectomy or whatever, and you can fix him. And everybody's out there trying to sell the goods the best they can, and every team is trying to figure out, okay, which one of these... Which one of these people do I want to give a second chance to? Which might be more difficult to figure out which guy you want to give a second chance to. Uh, we should do, well, that's interesting because we should... Second chance quarterbacks? I do think there's an interesting kind of, uh, you know, uh, philosophy. Not even philosophy, exercise. There is a discussion There is, there to is be a discussion had. because... Out of all the quarterbacks that are probably going to be on the move, that are still on the rookie contracts, I do wonder which one is more appealing than the others, right? Like, who is just dog-out awful and has no chance whatsoever, and who, based on what they went through, like Mac Jones, is fixable? Well, at least Mac hasn't gone through the childish uh, phase of deleting and unfollowing people on social media which apparently is the way the moderns doth protest. Or maybe they'll try to deflect that. We'll get to that with Justin Fields and into this sort of second-chance quarterback discussion. It's like a second-chance prom. If you're old and you never went, ah, you go with your love in your 60s to some radio station event where they have the second-chance prom. <laughs> you can relive what you didn't get 50 years ago. I don't know if we're going down that road, but it kind of feels like it. It's next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Type that into your app search, then download. Gresh and Fourier on W-E-E-I. Make sure you subscribe to the Gresh and Fourier podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, you can uh, lock it in with us. Just have it downloaded right into the device of your choice. You ain't got to worry about nothing. Billy Laney gets these things up, running, and ready to go. You can also watch us do this show. Why wouldn't you, you want to watch this uh, double dose of handsome do this show? Twitch.tv slash Boston WEEI. Or just go to YouTube, type in WEEI, and the live stream will uh, pop up right there. So, Fourier, I know we're going to get to... The uh, second-chance quarterbacks, mm -hmm. right? And one that uh, everyone is smarting on is Justin Fields. It's amazing to me uh, that it'll be the, well, you loved Mac. Well, you're loving a guy that's 10 and 28. 
and hasn't moved the needle, and it seems like is about to get pushed out the door in Chicago mm-hmm. for Caleb Williams. Uh, so Justin Fields did what real level-headed functioning adults who have an, some emotional maturity do. They unfollowed the Bears and the NFL on social media. And then on the Amon Ra St. Brown podcast, here was the reason Justin Fields gave for unfollowing people on social. What's with the unfollow with the Bears? What's, what's up with that? Man, bro, I'm glad we're talking about it because people, why do people take social media so seriously? Like- <laughs> <laughs> but like, why are you why are you unfollowing the Bears? Like, I still mess with the Bears. It's not, I'm just trying to take a little break. I, I'm unfollow the Bears and the NFL, bro. I'm not just trying to have football on my timeline. Like, mm. I know y'all mess with a girl, EQ, especially you. Just because you don't follow the girl on IG, don't mean you're not messing with her. That's true. You That's know? true. That's facts. That's facts. Oh, so you're saying you mess with the Bears more now that you don't follow them? Man, it's not even like that. Ah, okay. It's, okay. it's something that I don't want to see in my timeline. I'm about to go on vacation. I don't want to see no mm. football. And guess just, what? Just get away. Get a little away for a little bit. It's either keep Fields. We want Fields to the drive Caleb. So it's like, bro, man, I'm tired of hearing the talk. What do you make of that? Well, it. it <laughs> 13-year NFL First of veteran. All, I mean, just... <laughs> okay, so... This... Oh, God. <laughs> I look at Bryce think, Young. I look at you... Bryce Young and I go, he didn't delete his uh, Twitter and Instagram page. He didn't mute you... NFL. Like, people are ripping him like crazy. He got his coach fired. Do you think there is someone in Foxborough who is in charge of monitoring social media inactivity or activity... Like, you know, do you think that, I don't know, maybe it's like Robin Glazer who would be like, uh, Gerard, I just wanted to let you know that Mac Jones unfollowed us on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. We might have a problem. Yeah. I, he just sounds, first of all, he's obviously extremely immature, mm-hmm. first off. And I guess it shouldn't be a, a surprise. He has not grown up, grown up yet. He had issues with his offensive coordinator earlier this year, and they had to kind of had to come back the very next day or the next week and kind of... I don't know, explain what he was saying and why he was saying it. The only reason why he's deleting it, because he can't handle what people are saying, right? Which is fine. Some people, it's it's a lot, right? Just mute it. Yeah. Don't give him a reason. Mute. To just give, don't give it. You, all you did is make it into a story. There, that is exactly right. And there you go, Foyer. Like, you nailed it. It's the whole, it is the, it's, it's the, it is a younger player's way to be petulant yeah. while also trying to have it uh, slide by a lot of different people. And look, um, Justin Fields is now in the spot that Zach Wilson was in, that now at the end of this season, Mac Jones finds himself in. Hell, Trey Lance ain't even on the same organization that was the way three first-round picks for him. Imagine what was being said there or that guy's timeline with San Francisco being in the Super Bowl. When you're 10 and 28 as a quarterback, people are going to hoot on you pretty bad. Again, I, I know I say it and people act like it. Mac went to the playoffs at least for a year and look how bad he's getting it. And now you got somebody coming along in Caleb Williams who becomes that, you know what it is? It's the new girl at school. It's really, I, no, it's, it's, hold on. I, I, as a 10th grader, went to Westerly High School. Okay. Yeah. I got dropped in as a emotional, clearly, 15-year-old 
as a sophomore, and I got dropped right into Westerly High School. I didn't react well, okay? And to me, this whole social media, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not going to follow you on Instagram no more. I'm not going to be able to see the Taylor Swift videos from the NFL. My way of doing it was to grab someone and shove them in a locker like an <laughs> immature kid, which is what I was. This should this is the adult version of that. Well, I don't want to make big waves, but I'm going to tell everybody that I'm mad. So, on click. So, I'm unfollowing. Well, that it's is like, that is the on. way that is the way I don't know what era are we in. Are these are they all considered millennials? Uh, Billy, where where are the uh, what where are the, 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 the twenty somethings? Oh, actually, this is a better question for Nick. Where do the twenty? Where's a twenty five year old? Are they Gen Q Z Y? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I think it's technically Z. Okay, but there's a fine line between millennial and Z now. I guess I don't it's, know. The lines I, have been blurred. Changed. Okay, so here's what Google's telling me. Okay, <laughs> if you were born between ninety seven and twenty twelve, you're Gen Z. 81 to 96 millennial, 65 to 80 Gen X. I think he's, so he's on the cusp. I think he's a little bit of both. I think he's, uh, hold on. Let I me think he's a little bit of both. He was born in the 90s. Uh, like 90 yeah, something. He is. Justin Fields is 24. Justin Fields will turn 25 on March 5th. So he's a Gen Z. So he's Gen Z. Okay. Um, but he, come he, on, but man. But this is the like, way, this, this is the way, this is the way when you're upset and you're uptight and you're mad and you broke up with someone, the first thing the Gen Zs do is they delete that person from their account and let everybody know, I'm available. We ain't together anymore. Right? So that's what he's doing. He's just, he knows he's getting released or traded. So that, just say, listen, man, I know these guys are talking about trading me. I don't feel like dealing with this BS. I'm just going to just get them out of my life now. That's what I was going to ask you. Isn't this also the indicator that Fields knows yes. that he's Indiana Jones right now trying to avoid the big giant boulder. big boulder? Yeah. Right. Uh, it's just, I guess, the way that uh, Billy, were you laughing because I made a movie reference uh, no. there, or? Oh no, we're laughing because I'm three years older than Justin Fields, and it made me feel because Nick old. is finally at that point in life where athletes <laughs> are younger than him, and it's bothering him. <laughs> I never, I didn't realize he was that young. <laughs> it's bothering. Him. Really, just hit home right now. It does, doesn't it? Like that's a real stinger, isn't it? I mean, man, oh man. What you mean? How? Uh, uh, Connor Connor McDavid is based is my age. We're born the same day, and he is making millions and millions of dollars a year. Well, I mean, yeah. you're not a fighter. Yeah, if yeah, you kind of yeah. you know boxed your ears up a little bit, and you know got a more nastier you know personality, maybe you'd be. If, a if I was really good, he he's. I don't think he's ever fought in his life. You're thinking of the MMA fighter. Oh, I am thinking of the MMA fighter. Conor McGregor. I'm kind of thinking of Conor McGregor. He's talking about the hockey player. Yeah, uh, they're both same. Flip it around. Oh, Reverse sure. It. One, one's a hockey player. They both fight. Conor McGregor trying to throw a football one time was not good. Conor McGregor overall, kind of over that guy, but whatever. That's not the topic today. Uh, no. Did you take him in a fight? No. Oh, yeah. I, I would beat the living crap out of him and enjoy every second of it. Absolutely. I'm on my scooter. One leg hopping around. You can't even take a shower. <laughs> And you're going to fight an This guy can't even wheel himself in the door. I mean, he did say he and, uh, could beat up Bruce Lee. He's 130 well, pounds. No, so no. He's about 180 oh, he's right now. now. And here's the Is thing. Is he juiced up? If he got on your back, you're dead. I would do the Princess Bride move. move. What, you mean fall back? Andre the Giant. I boom. And that's, I keep hitting him against the boulder. That's what MMA guys want you to do. Good. I'm going to do it to him. <laughs>
I'll make sure there's no boulders around when he jumps on. When uh, <laughs> it, it'll uh, see Fourier's got respect for the Island Boys. When Samoa Joe walks through the door, of the AEW champion tomorrow, ten twenty, you won't be feeling that way because he fills up the door. He's no, not there's, super tall. There's but respect he's wide. and uh, uh, just the equal parts fear. Most people could probably kick Bruce Lee's ass. <laughs> I love Billy trying to jump all over. I mean, that was... <laughs> okay. What? Uh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, he just grabbed Fourier's hair because he's getting long enough for <laughs> a girl fight. Pizza Train <laughs> 11 in the Twitch <laughs> chat. Uh, uh, C. Joseph 92 just went to the Fourier is so full of ish. <laughs> um, I mean, you got to respect his confidence, but come on. Yeah. Oh, what, which part? Okay, Bruce Lee. You, hey. I'm talking about you being confident enough to beat up Bruce Lee. And or Conor McGregor. Billy, I know you and re- put on 130 of, pounds. You wait, we, we asked, put on 11 pairs of underwear in 13 <laughs> seconds. Wait, wait. Didn't we didn't we ask Anik about this? Yeah, and, and he, he said yeah. He said yeah. No. Bruce Lee. Wait, play that part. Oh, <laughs> play the part, part. Play the part that bails me out of this. <laughs> yeah. And, and I never get bailed out. Um uh, Billy, you might remember this, but the very or one of the first times UFC came to the garden. Conor McGregor was on that card. He wasn't huge yet, but when Billy and I were at the other place, McGregor came in there and was sitting in a room full of people, and they were like, okay, like what's going through your mind? And he goes, if it ever went down, I'm thinking of my way out of here. <laughs> Who he would like attack, go after, how he would hit someone, yeah. get out the door, da-da-da. Yeah. No, that guy is that guy's tapped. And now he's got money, which makes him scary. Because now he does whatever he wants. That freaking liquor brand, like yeah. Ty Law would love to be in on that one. Good yeah. lord, it turned into yeah. tens a little of millions. Bit, a of little dollars. bit easier for him with his, uh, I guess, uh, his reach as opposed to Ty Law. Oh, Ty yeah. Law should be doing that when he was playing. Oh, Nightlight O two one six says, "I bet Billy could kick Fourier's ass." No, Billy is not a fighter. I could though. You could. Well, <laughs> Billy, Billy's like. Oh, George, we're gonna put, put that to the test. Billy's like George Costanza. He fights dirty, groin stuff, all yeah. that doesn't matter. Yeah, oh, I'm clean. I'm just nice until I don't have to be nice anymore. Oh, there you go. Whatever oh, like the Roadhouse thing is like Gerard Mayo. The Roadhouse <laughs> Mayo's gonna be real nice until they're one and four, and then the other side will come out. It takes a lot, but when it's out, it's out. It's tough to put the toothpaste back in the tube once it's out. Ooh. Uh, how do we make that happen? You, Nick, you're already laughing. You know, clip that. <laughs> I'm making it a promo. Are you kidding me? When it, <laughs> it's when nice it, and slow. How was how was Bubba created? Uh-huh. When it's out, it's out. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard putting it back. That's the first thing I thought of. Oh, baby, once it's out, it ain't going away. You got to hold on. Here comes Billy. Brace yourself. I'm going to get yeah. Hold on to that, uh, those railings. I'm going to eat a gas station glizzard and grab one of them pills at the mm. checkout. Oh, man. Uh, so of the retread quarterbacks, let's say, let's be nice about it. Let's go like second chance prom. Second chance at uh, quarterback life in the NFL. So we have Justin Fields. Yep. We have Mac Jones. We have Zach Wilson. Uh, Zach Wilson. There's also Trey Lance. Although yeah, but he's kind of something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he hasn't actually played. He's on Dallas's team right now, and I I excluded him from it because he wasn't a starter. He wasn't. He never really played in any significant games Fair whatsoever. Enough. So you got three choices: you're a GM, you're a head coach. You need to fill a spot. You have a you have a good team, and you wanna you feel like you can fix them, right? Let's play. Uh, let's say. Uh, Is this to bring them in as a backup? Or- no. 
You want to bring, you want to rehabilitate them. You feel like you can fix them. They're on their rookie deal steal. You feel like you can bring them in. You have three choices out of the three. Well, you said it's a good team, so that's why I said, would would these guys be the starters? Well, okay, maybe. Forget about the team. Forget about the team. Leave that out. I Just you. What do you know if which... you ideated that or not? No, no. <laughs> Although we're still, I feel like we kind of landed the plane here. Here's what it is. You're the GM. You get to choose one of these three quarterbacks to hire, to run your team, be your offense, uh, be your quarterback, and obviously they all need help. Which one would you choose? Like, which one is the least damaged with the greatest, most upside? Well, I, I, I think you're automatically choosing between Justin Fields and Mac Jones because I don't see – there was not enough in Zach Wilson when he came into the league to be able to look at and say, oh, that will translate to the NFL. To me, Zach Wilson came in low and kind of sunk lower. Whereas with Fields and Mac, there was plenty of high-level football in both of their football paths. Yeah, so you eliminate Zach Wilson right Zach off the Wilson, bat. It's, it's, a, so either, it's, a, it's either Fields or Mac, okay. and then you get to the you know scheme match. Do I If I don't have a great offensive line, I'm probably going to take more of a chance on Justin Fields because he can move around a little bit. If I've got certain pieces in place then I'm probably going with Mac Jones, really. I think the offensive construct would have something. Like, for example, I could see um, Justin Fields fitting in with the Raiders, whereas Mac wouldn't because I think of some of the things they want to do offensively. But if it were San Francisco or, say, McVay in L.A., there would be more towards Mac than they would someone like Fields. You okay, know what so I mean? Okay, so I think you're 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 thinking about it too much and you're adding too much context. Overall, just based on what you've seen from both of them, who is well, it's closer to being Yeah, I, I I lean towards Mac too. Yeah. I lean towards Mac and I almost like want to punch myself for saying that because there's an element of Justin Fields that just feels like there's he's never going to learn how to be a pro quarterback and they both have similar things in common. You know, uh, Justin Fields went through two different offensive coordinators. Mac went through three. He has the opportunity of going through a fourth. All the all those all those uh, those situations, they all have something in common. It's all, multiple offensive coordinators. No, no, uh, no ability to run the same offense the second year. And that's why when Gerard Mayo says stuff like, "Hey, it's the first time I'm doing this. I'll probably make some mistakes with the staff." That's why you can't have Alex Van Pelt be one of those whiffs. Because to the point, we just laid out how do you slow the development of a young quarterback? And whether it was the Chicago example, the New England example, like the only place there was the continuity was for Zach Wilson, and he couldn't thrive under it at all. And do you agree with this before we break real quick? Do you think the fact that Mac Jones was so unexplainably bad like it was like like there's bad and there's making dumb decisions. Traitor. He just unbelievable imploded. Like yeah. like something I've never seen before. Do you think that almost helps him stay based on it's 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 so unbelievably different than anyone else has ever seen? Stay here? To stay here. To stay here. I think depending on how free agency and or the draft evals go. I really think they're going to hold on to Mac as long as they can until they sort of figure out what direction they want to go. Because I don't even think 
they've gotten to the what direction do we want to go yet in terms of fixing the quarterback spot. Is I mean, we haven't even gotten to the combine. Oh, my God. What? Did you hear Mayo yesterday when they asked him, are you going to the combine? He was like, yeah, as soon as we're done with this, we're going to sit down and maybe figure that out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> of course he's going to the combine. I mean. Yeah, of course he's going to the combine. Come on. What do you mean we're going to figure it out? Like when you're going to leave? Who's driving to the I airport? Don't know. Maybe he's not going to be there. Yeah, who gets the time. aisle seat? Hey, do we want adjoining rooms? I mean, but again, if build goes up, well, yeah, we haven't just decided that yet. People would be going nuts. Mayo's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to the combine. Uh, eh. Of course, he's going. This is what I mean. There's gonna, there, he said people it are nice. gonna, are, people are gonna translate for him in a nice way. Oh, you guys, you, you know he meant this. You know he's going. He's just, you know, it's, hey, this is the first. You are gonna hear. This is this first year so many times. What will we hear more, first year or collaboration? Mm, collaboration. That feels that like That is the word of the year. Yeah. It's going to be my new gaslighting. It's going to be the new. I'm going to use it a lot. I'm going to use it in my personal life, too. Um, Fourier has an itch. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fourier's got a big problem. Mm-hmm. Was society. Okay, and get ready to go to Twitch because there is video proof of this, and I want to make sure everyone understands exactly what I'm pissed off about. And I feel like Gresh is one of these guys. Oh! I feel like he's one of these guys. That is hurtful. <laughs> Truthful, maybe. We'll see. See if you can defend yourself. Oh, I can very easily. You think I talk to people? <laughs> Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. We got you a lunchtime parlay coming up. The best bets in the city. Almost had what would have been a third parlay in a row. Quanta Badad didn't help us out, but we'll get right back up on that horse. And by the way, Did we Conor are. Did Conor have an assist? Uh, oh, I don't know. That's a good question. Fourier, you're on that beat. Let me look it up. Did you. Uh, it's just amazing. What? The, hey, UFC guy, how much does he weigh? He's under <laughs> 150. Oh, I'll kill him. That's my, that's my like, demarcation line type yeah. of deal. Like, 150, yeah. I just okay. love how oh, I drop on him, like, whatever, Princess Bride, Princess Diary, Princess Bride, whatever it is. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. He'd choke you out in, like, a half second. The yeah. only person. You know what I mean. You'd be passed out before you got to the ground. Yeah, the <laughs> only person who ever got away with that was Andre the Giant, because yeah. it was hard enough to climb on his back to begin with. And he and could then it just was 500 pounds landed on you. Yeah, well, that's the other thing too. I mean, imagine being split legged and a giant falls backward at 500 pounds right on your groin. Good Ooh. lord, talk about busting your twig and giggle berries. Yikes! And just splatter everywhere. All right, all right. So here we go. Here's here's the itch I'm going to scratch today. Now, listen. If you're if you're watching on Twitch, if you're driving in, if you're driving in your car, that you're gonna you're gonna thank me for this one. Okay, you're gonna thank me for this one. Go to W, go to Twitch, follow Weei, and if you're driving in your car and you're and you don't have AT and T, get ready to dial six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Okay, because I know there's a bunch of you hardo golfers out there that do this, and it's so irritating. And there's like a there's a special place in hell for you based on how much you irritate all the rest of us. If you go to Twitch right now, you'll see a female golfer at a driving range. Um, just taking some swings. She happens to be a uh, a part of the PGA Tour. She's an actually a professional golfer taking hacks, practicing her swing uh, at a driving range. Time she- out. She's on the L 
she's affiliated with the LPGA, and I think it is the European. She's okay, not so on she's, a, the, she's not on the PGA. Tour. Okay, so Sorry. she's a professional. She, sure. She's a professional golfer, right? No, she is she's, a female golfer. Yes, but she's a professional golfer. Oh yeah. Okay, she's. Oh a, yeah. Okay, now stop. Pretty good. Stop googling her booty. Okay. Oh, her, her ass is prominent through <laughs> yeah. this. I can't. Yeah. How can you look away? Okay, so this is what bugs. So as this this professional female golfer is practicing. Some hardo older guy come, walks by and decides that he wants to give her some coaching points. Doesn't know her, has never met her. After she swings, she stops and he tries to, you know, coach her up on her backswing, her follow through. She's being real polite. She lets the guy speak. She explains to him that she is working on her swing. She's in the lab. Right now, she's in yeah. the lab working on her swing. In fact, even uses the phrase, which is golfer's code, of the I'm going through a swing change That's right it. now. That's exactly yeah. what she said. And right. we can't play the audio because you can, hear the, you can hear the girl, but you can't hear the dude. So she's explaining this to him, and he won't stop. I think her TikTok is Georgia Golf Coach. I, I'm pretty sure I uh, – you might be able to see it. It's uh, – yeah, or Georgia Coach Golf, something like that. So my my itch that I need to scratch is golfers for me are like the – it's like the only sport where other golfers who play the sport feel entitled to tell you what to do. Dude, what, you're, I don't know you. You don't know me. I'm minding my own business. I'm just out here to burn off some steam and have a good time. Yet other golfers feel like the need – to coach up these individual golfers who may or may not doing it the right way or, in my opinion, doing it their way. Doing it their way. That, to me, Gresh, drives me crazy, and I don't know what it is about you golfers, these people. I'm going to call them these people because they do the same. There's the same type of mentality if I'm playing blackjack and I'm at the table and some hardo blackjack gambler guy thinks he can play my hand for me. It's insane. So this, the, the mentality is the same. And I feel like golf is the only sport where someone else will impose his or her will upon a perfect stranger and try to tell them how they should live their life. Not true. It's how am I wrong? You think golfers don't do that? You don't. You're, are, you, are you telling me you've never been at a golf course and a golfer has come up and he's, hey, you know, big fella, hey, you're too fast on your backswing. Hey, yeah, yeah, you're not even looking at the hole. Hey, your feet are aligned wrong. Hey, try it one more time. No, no one says a word to me. Okay, you're a terrible example because well, you're too imposing and intimidating, so maybe they wouldn't say it to you. No, here's the thing. You're making this sound like it is just connected to golfers. It's no different than anything else. Let me ask you this. When's the last time you've been to the supermarket? I go to the supermarket all the time. Oh, yeah. How many people have maybe uh, walked by and mentioned, oh, the way you might pack your carriage oh, or something might melt? Never. Or, are you, wait, are or, you, or, never. People, or people at a grocery terrible store. Example. What do you mean? That, that, is a, in Christ, line. that is a terrible example. Christian, what we, the hell are you talking about? We have. <laughs> we have. Wait, we, anybody else? Hold on. Good. Look for help. Go on. Why? Go on. Now, finish my point. Go ahead. We live in a society full of people who can't wait to butt in. This isn't a golf issue. This is an everything issue. You ever been standing in line? I'll go right back to the supermarket. There's somebody checking out. You're standing behind someone. The person in front of you. 
Oh, I can't believe these GD people are so slow. Blah, blah, blah. If I were doing it, rah, 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 and they have their way of doing things. We're a society full of people who want to complain about shopping carts in parking lots, about don't feed, don't breastfeed your baby there, all that kind of stuff. This is this is reflective of society. You just found it in a golf video to try to yell at people like me who like no. golf. No, 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 no. I, I feel like here's another example. The other place where they do it, I just thought about it, uh, gyms. If you see, if uh, if you're doing bench or squat or doing some exercise, you're doing one of the machines, people feel entitled to tell you how you should do it, even though they didn't ask for your help. Golfers, I can't tell you how many times I've been on a golf course at a tournament or whatever, and listen, I have my own swing, and it's not very good, but I'm not looking to learn how to play golf on the ninth hole at, on a four-hour tournament, okay? I'm not looking for your assistance. Just leave me the hell alone. You said this when I showed you the video, and you because everybody's com, uh, commending this woman for being so polite. Like she easily could have said, "You know, I'm a pro golfer, mind your own business, and stop looking at my ass." She doesn't do it. She like almost like humors him to an extent. She's a clearly a nice person, and she's not from here. When you listen to, I went on the the TikTok to listen to uh, like a, a video that she did, and. And I don't know where I don't know if it's English. I can't I can't tell if she's from England or whatever, but clearly not from here. So a much nicer person than a lot of Americans. And fine, you didn't like my example, but your example was pretty bad. But guess what? Am I wrong? Yeah. You don't think people walk around this country waiting to give their unsolicited <laughs> advice to other people. So hold on. So what you're saying here, emotional guy, okay. is, and Mr. <laughs> I don't think it through, only on the golf course. No. So, no, no, no. Only in golf and tennis are the only places in America where people walk up and give unsolicited advice. Are you kidding me? Um, you're is, holding you're, that baby wrong. You shouldn't breastfeed there. I don't know. We got a well, million. That's, that's, that's different. That's, well, a, different, gotta, that's gotta, a different aspect a, of a the overall topic. Other. Don't drive so fast. No, we're talking about when it comes to sports. Okay, let's stick, it to, stick to sports. My point you is go, this is no, reflective of society. We have a, I know, but that's always we, been around. But golf, walk, it's specific to golf. But we walk amongst people who can't wait to butt into our lives. However, I will, they can. Okay, I will. Okay, there's an aspect of that that is true, but specific to sports, right? If you're shooting jump shots at a gym and you're clanking it, and it's not even going. Do you think someone's going to come up to you and say, you know, you're you're not following through? Keep your elbow in tight. Get your get your hand flat. Hell, follow wait, through. Sorja broke that down in one phone call one time. Okay, with us if, a if you're if you're um if you're playing catch, they should playing catch. You think someone's going to come to you? Hey, you're holding your thumb should be touching. Hey, and it goes low. Put make sure your pinkies touch. You think someone's going to tell you that that doesn't know you? It happens it's, it's constantly. Not no no. People it can't wait to tell crash. you what they know. I know. Okay, again, everybody's a hardo in their own way. But in, when it comes to sports, you mentioned tennis. I'll put tennis in there. For some reason, they don't do it with football. They don't do it with basketball. Um, I mean, I can't imagine, think of it. Imagine if, if you were in golf. Imagine if you're at a field kicking and the next thing you know, Bill Belichick walks by and is the guy offering advice. You're like, what the hell just happened I here? Just, Wait to a me, it, there's, there's, a, there's a certain arrogance that exists in that golf community where random people walking by as you are swinging a golf club feel the need to explain to you why you're doing it wrong. That is a real thing. Now, your overall opinion of people in this world is true. 
everybody likes to butt in. They all have an opinion. That's it. But this stood out to me specific to why are golfers like this? Well, the, why are people who play blackjack like this? Well, the female is also incredibly attractive too. And I, so I, you think he was just be, picking up on her? There could have been a little bit of that mm, under the whole you know unsolicited advice. Here's the thing that I don't understand coming out of this. Okay, if that were someone on the video and they turned around, and looked at that guy, and said, "F off, you <laughs> dumb sum of a bitch." <laughs> Then they would be like, oh, what a jerk. Yeah. Oh, she must be a Belichick. She's mean. Whatever, right? That's the... So, in our society, people like me, who might tell someone what time it is every once in a while, in maybe not the most polite way, right? I'm the bad guy, though. We had people walking around giving unsolicited advice where she should have turned around and just told that guy... Jump, yeah. Mind Get your out of here, take a walk, right? Mind your business. But people are like lauding her because this guy comes along. Might have been hitting on her. Might have been giving her a good tip. Who in the world knows? Nobody wanted to hear it anyway. But if she looked at that guy and just dog cussed him out, the internet would have erupted and be like, "I shouldn't have to be like that." Why is it that the people who tell people to shut up are the bad people? Why am <laughs> I'm I with a bad you. guy? I'm I'm with you on that regard. She was uh, she was very sweet. Because every time she tried to explain to the guy what she was doing, the guy wouldn't shut up. He kept cutting her off. He kept, oh, I, you know, then he threw in the, you know, I played golf for 20 years. You're doing it wrong. She's a professional golfer. She does this for a living. She's better than it, than you. And yet you decide to impose your opinion when it wasn't even asked for. So would she have been a big jerk? Because this probably, like, if I were sitting there, I would have wanted to walk over to the guy and say, here's her European tour card. Why don't you give me yours so you can help coach her? And I would have been okay with that. make him feel really stupid. Yeah, because that's what he needs. So he won't do it anymore. Right. But everyone probably just like, oh, yeah, thank you. You know, okay, good. Right. That happens all the time. And maybe it's just... <laughs> Dr. Dave in the Twitch chat, if it were my wife, we wouldn't be playing golf. <laughs> oh, yeah. If that was your wife? <laughs> Dr. Dave on that one. That's pretty Unbelievable. good. Unbelievable. For some reason, that <laughs> always said her pantser. Me. It was a Christy 0902. Her pants are ugly. So they don't like the. <laughs> not they're not of, pants. Not it. Well, that's the thing. The funny thing is, so this here's how this morphed. Okay, so I'm glad. I'm glad. What's her name? Uh, okay, I lost her. So. I'm glad she mentioned she was ripping her clothes because the next... I love the way they paused that. The Georgia golf coach, I think, is the TikTok. The next thing that was happening to her is, is other women were ripping her for wearing uh, yoga pants to play golf. Oh, my God. And I was like, what? What, what do you... Uh, Levi's? Those are the same khakis? people that are butting in. That's that regress we're talking about. Probably. The same exact people. Uh, like, you're doing, you're wearing the wrong clothes. You should wear different Get clothes. Slacks, lady. Yeah. What are you doing? Where's your golf skirt? That's yeah, right. The same people. Where's your golf skirt? Where's your golf skirt? Yep. That, that's definitely one. I just I have a problem that. with it. I feel uh, better now. I can't believe you. You somewhat agree with me, though, but I don't think you would go up to somebody, but you would tell somebody to go buzz off. Oh, I wouldn't react the way she did, but I also would not walk up to someone and be like, hey, Here's what you need to know yeah. type thing. Let me give no, you a quick no. lesson. And by the way, here's my phone number. I'm available 24 hours a day for you. That's Whatever really, you need it. That's, that's really what it was. Oh, I God. think. Oh, big strong man. You played You played golf for 20 years? Oh, my God. By the you way. You can save me. I watched a couple of uh, that lady's TikToks. Good yeah. Lord. Good Lord she good or good Lord? It. She can pipe it off yeah. the tee. Like, just. 
<laughs> but not in that outfit all the time, though. That's the that that definitely that that TikTok I think got like twenty three million views already or something. Oh, like I can't that. because everyone under it feels the same way I do. They all understand the arrogance and the hardo mentality that a golfer has, and it bugs the crap out of me. Stay out of other people's business, especially their golf swing. You're not a coach. So yeah. irritating. Stay away from my blackjack hand. Don't tell me that I'll hit on 17 uh, if I want to. Yeah, I need to teach you to play Pi Gal. It's a much. I like Pi Gal. Yeah, Pi like Gal is a much better game. No, I like it. It's uh, it's a little slower. It's fun. You get to yell, lop, lop, la, la. Yeah. No, I like Pi Gal. I love yelling lop, lop really loud and scaring <laughs> the hell out of everybody there. What does it mean? Lup lup means that the dealer has a bad hand. It means oh. a lup lup means you can't even put together a pair. And for those who've never played Pi Gal Poker, it's really a seven card poker game where they deal you your seven cards and you're trying to come up with your highest five card hand along with your highest two card hand. But the five card hand's got to be higher than the two card hand, if that makes sense. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, so if you have pocket aces and a pair of sevens, the aces will go on the bottom, the sevens will go up top. You hope the dealer gets a lup lup, and then there you go. Good opportunities to make a lot of money in that game, too. Uh, especially if you're on the uh, dragon bonus on some of those. Oh, the dragon because, bonus. Well, it, you throw the $5 on the dragon bonus, and if you hit a, you know, ace high straight or something like that, you might get 25 to 1. Not bad. You can also throw a dollar on there, too, but eh, the odds kind of don't work for you, or don't work for me. And Christian, anyway. you mock his gambling advice. I would I would listen to him in Pie Gal. Mm. Not Blackjack. But Pie Gal played a couple times. Would like to hear some advice, but I wouldn't necessarily take it. Well, I, do, I, I know. do believe his theory worked yesterday, but Well, I know I wouldn't give it unsolicited because that'd make me one of these big golf jerks. What I guess no picks for Christian today in the lunchtime parlay. <laughs> That's next. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Gresh and Fourier. On WDEI. I don't know why I find this interesting, and I admit I'm mentioning someone from another team, but somebody that I follow up in Canada tweeted a video of pregame of uh, Lease and Sharks and it looks like Mitch Marner is drinking a beer and setting it down pregame. <laughs> is he though? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they were just in Arizona at Arizona State uh, so I think they he might be. It was uh it was Lease Sharks. So yeah, I don't I'm oh my god, it's it's pretty funny. I'll uh, retweet it. Uh, at the real Gresh G R E S H, check it out. Uh, the uh, the caption is like, could that be apple juice? Oh no, I don't think apple juice has a head on it like a, a beer would. But I don't know. Check it out and see for yourselves. Uh, what you're finding out, folks, is that uh, while we didn't give you another four leg winner, we're giving you plenty of picks to package up to be able to win. That's all I'm saying, there, friends. Uh, I hit LaSalle. Not only did I have LaSalle plus, they won by 14. I couldn't believe it. I would have just went with the money line. Connor Bedard did not go over the half of assists. Neither did Connor McGregor. Charlie McAvoy did go over the half of assists against the Oilers and uh, scored the game winner. And then uh, New Mexico with a win over Colorado State. But we had one loss in there, so we don't hit the parlay. And the lunchtime parlay is presented by FanDuel. 
America's number one sports book and the official sports book of WEEI. If you've been following along this year, we are up $130.03. We'll keep chipping away at that, hopefully giving you another batch of winners. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the Big Ten. I'm going to start with Minnesota against Ohio State. So Ohio State makes a coaching change. They come out last time out, play great. Minnesota is on an amazing heater. I think they've covered something like 20 of 24 games this year, right around there. It's something nutty. Um, I'm still I'm a little worried about Ohio State on the coach bounce still. So I'm going to take the minus three and a half out of it. Just give me Minnesota on the money line, minus 166 against Ohio State. Billy Lanny, what do you have, friend? NBA's finally back. Oh, baby. Thank God. All right, so RSVP to the block potty. Jalen Brown over a half a block against the Bulls in Chicago tonight. Uh, Billy, uh, will you and the assembled media with the Patriots coaching staff have a block party? Yeah, I just wonder, okay. Because, you know, nicer times down there, all that kind of stuff. We're going to come by, yeah, instead of a pizza party. Maybe this time it's invite Billy yeah. Lanny, turn into a block Rope party. off the ends of the street. Nobody else is coming in. I like Pop it. Pop a hydrant. Pop a hydrant over oh, there. we go. I like Pop it. Pop a hydrant. Yeah. I've actually never seen that happen before. A little schoolyard football out back, you know. Works I'll make sure plays. there's somebody there to yeah, teach yeah, you how to throw school, it. Bounce pitch stickball. Ooh. That would be a fun tournament, by the way. A stickball tournament? Yes. 100%. Absolutely. That or over, our, version, our own version of over the line. Over the line? You never played over the line? Explain it. Oh, uh, I'm not going to take up your time now, oh, but it, I'll explain it. No, no, so, I do. It's my, great. My time's so valuable. I'm going to come in and talk to you, but stickball definitely in. Uh, in. Chicken Nick, what do you got? Bruins are on a back-to-back. They're still in Western Canada. This total tonight for Bruins Flames is set at five and a half, which just feels low. It's yeah. usually six and a half. Linus Olmark has not been good lately. And the Flames give up a lot of goals. Ah, that's where I'm stuck, right? Because it's back-to-back for the Bruins. You think, eh, that might be a little gas. Tired legs. Olmark hasn't been good. The defense hasn't been great. So give me the over five and a half tonight between the Bruins and the Flames. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm torn on that because you're right. The Flames give it up. Um, that's a little convergence there. That's a, that's a, that's a tough handicap. If it handicap. was six, you might push it. If it was it. six, you probably six end up half, going I would under, go yeah. under. Yeah, at five and a half, you're feeling pretty good. Get yourself a, a nice 4-2 score. And then finally, hits for you. Um, all right, well, I, okay, Victor Wembanyama, uh, over two and a half total blocks. Um, he's averaging around three and a half, close to three and a half. He was on a minutes restriction throughout like the like the, b- about 10 games before the All-Star break. I'm hoping that he's not on a minutes restrictions anymore, so he just have more opportunities to block. Because the last time I took this, they didn't play him. Popovich didn't play him a lot. Took him out of the game, and he was like half a block away. So I'm hoping that two and a half, averaging three and a half, um, first game back, he's going to be swatting everything. So, Foyer is on Victor Wembanyama over two and a half total blocks. Billy has got Jalen Brown over a half a block. Nick has got the Bruins and the Flames over five and a half total goals. I'm going college basketball. Minnesota on the money line against Ohio State. You package all those up, folks. Your $10 will win you $126.57. A very nice return 
on just $10 of your money. We'll make sure to get that up on social media, up and out. You can get us on Twitter, Gresh Fourier, W-E-E-I. On Instagram, Gresh and Fourier. Spell the A-N-D in between our last names. Now, I know there's only so much of this that we can really talk about. However, we're going to get two more episodes of the Dynasty that is going to drop tomorrow. And boy, oh boy, you will be talking about it. We will take one angle of it and break it down next. A couple of ticks before noon here with Gresham Fourier. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm still... Um, I'm still looking at uh, my phone and seeing the uh, SOS on well, there. We are in the basement where there is no cell service. Yeah, but you know what though? Over here near this window, like it's not bad. And I know when I'm in like that production room over here where we normally put the show together in the morning, I come in with the you know I'm near the window, so I don't. Now uh, is it just? It's not just here in New England, right? It's everywhere. Uh, yes, it's a nationwide yes. okay. uh, AT and T outage. No, it just did not a uh, solar flare up and. Sort of just create problems here in just New England. Boston. I'm I'm seeing like a lot of like hey, how to fix your uh, your phone that you're like hacks, and I know it's a trap. It's some sort of virus that'll end up jumping on my phone of some kind. Here, if you want to make sure you get back to using cellular, here's what you need to do. Step nah. one: put in your credit card. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, give me your social security number. Those should be uh, red flags right away. Have you oh, done that I do before? It? I almost did it once. I, I'm not gonna lie. Like I was actually because it was like, oh, you can get a free TV. Oh my god, you almost <laughs> fell for that yeah, one. Huh? And I was like, I was. I remember going, hmm. Well, probably I'll go buy one on my own. They're what, cheap anyway. What age was this? Do you remember? This was like last year. <laughs> this was last year. I thought How it was like ended up with the pair of Jordans he didn't want. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, like doubled uh, me up on those. You know, 2010. You're starting to learn these things. You know, 10, 15 years ago, whatever. Nope, last no, week I was a sucker. Oh my god! It's all right though. Uh, well, we know that episodes three and four of the Dynasty are uh, dropping shortly. They will uh, be available. I do believe at midnight on Apple TV. I'm pretty sure that. Uh, so we can go, discuss it, right? Uh, yeah, we can. Uh, yeah, and 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 I do think a lot like last week to kind of be sort of respectful to people who haven't seen it. We can sort of talk about what I think will end up being the big poll from this weekend, which will be the Spygate episode, obviously, and the fact that Robin Glazer is a big part of this in a way that I don't think people would have really expected. And this is, um, all right, so I've, I've, I'm four deep. I've seen them all. It's like the great mystery. Oh, I, I have too. I watched so, all 10. Last uh, Friday when I went home, yeah. I, was, I said to my family, hey, family, look at what I think I have. And they were like, plug it into the TV. Here yeah. we go. Yeah, the crazy thing, we said this last week, the craziest thing about this new regime, this new era, this new hope to try and get it to start another dynasty is the fact that the three most... The the three most names talked about the most so far, not any of the new offensive staff or defensive staff. Mm-hmm. It's Kraft, as usual. It's Mayo, and it's Robin Glazier. Robin Glazier is turning into the most polarizing figure in Boston sports because nobody knows who she is. Nobody knows anything about her. And they just all try to just kind of create their own narrative about who she is, what she does, how influential she is, where she came from, what she does. 
And she plays a big role in, is it, a, what, episode four, right? Uh, yeah. It is four, because episode four is labeled Spygate. Yeah, and when you get to that, there's a good line in there from Ernie Adams about taking stuff to the grave. And I will say this. If there is one critique of the episode that I do have. Which one, Spygate? Spygate okay. one. I still think it's sort of open-ended on who ordered what. Who ordered the code red. Right. <laughs> like, it, it, it yeah. jumps from Robin Glazer saying, oh, yeah, my first couple days with the organization were right before this, which is, first Crazy. of all, that is amazing, right? Like You get hired, oh, look at this great job, and oh, by the way, we're going to throw you in the middle of the craziest story going around. And she and, and Robin Glazer says, hey, listen, I was brought in to be a liaison to the league. Everybody knows she has a legal background. And she's like, the first day I get there, I get this legal letter and all hell breaks loose. And then, I, like, I, I don't know about you. Did you come away completely understanding that the NFL was the one who said, go ahead and destroy the tapes? Because... It jumps from the, well, they came in, and then here I am destroying tapes. And it's like, wait a minute. It was like a jump there of the, like, they then go to Goodell, and he's doing the whole, well, you know, we destroyed them because we don't need them anymore. And I came away not completely putting that whole kind of puzzle together the way I think a lot of other people did. I guess what what I was surprised at is how they got rid of the tapes that was of in a, in a in a league that made a big deal about them <laughs> yeah the way that they got just i like it, it, it was almost like what would happen in like a high school yeah or something like that you, you have know? the same you we have destroy this, it and we throw it away yeah, and you just have some you know, some uh, new face in the building come by with a hammer and start smacking it and then you just throw it into the trash <laughs> Yes! That's what it feels like. We got those tapes. <laughs> and we went to the center of the practice field. And then there came... Well, I don't want to say who came out there, but I was out there, Robin Glazer, with others, and we took the bats to that ish. I See, I thought it would be <laughs> something like, like a bunch of... Like a hazmat crew coming in with an incinerator, <laughs> like putting it right in the middle... Of the t- and like and throwing the tapes in there and they just implode right and they, and nef- there's nothing left but ashes and maybe that's kind of what they did because maybe for dramatic effect they have the you know the hammer and the tapes and they're just throwing the tapes into a trash and like they they leave you with the idea that they, they just leave them there and, and the janitor comes by picks them up throws them in the yeah, bag and leaves yeah like they're for something so important and so incriminating that they would just hey crack it throw it in the trash all right my job's done right you would think they would burn them destroy them, bury them, and then put them in a big lock. But all that stuff, none of that happened. I feel like that's closer to reality. But she says, hey, grabbed a hammer, cracked him on the head, throw it in the trash. Well, and I I do think to, again, not, you know, stooge off what people are going to be able to see on Apple TV either on Friday or over the weekend, it, it raises a couple of questions. Number one, it kind of re brings up why we mentioned what happened with Gerard Mayo and the question with Robin Glazer on the whole, ah, it's about the coordinators and the coaches, and we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get that down the road. Da, 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 da. 
because now through, I would dare say, to be fair, no fault of her own, Robin Glazer went from somebody that you might have seen on the sidelines on game day who's just another nameless, faceless person that works in the organization that everybody there knows but none of the fans would know to being interjected into not only what is going on post-bill down at Gillette Stadium but also this now never-spoken-of role, as small as it was, in Spygate. And it adds to the... The timing is crazy. It because, adds to the intrigue, yeah, does no, it not? Yeah, I mean, I, it's going to make more people want to know more about her. Yeah. Which I think in turn, as someone who's never been in the public spotlight, hasn't had anybody say, you know, boo to a goose about her, and now everybody is talking about her, that's got to be a massive swing from one pendulum to yeah. the other in terms of you went from not being known to now everybody saying, oh, that's so-and-so. Yeah, and then just also just creating their own story, their own narrative, uh, making stuff up, using some factual information, then adding a bunch of nonsense. That's going to be an interesting story to follow overall because she is going to become very polarizing as they rebuild this organization, as her job description is, I guess, more defined by by Mayo. And Mayo, so far, hasn't done it. And in order to kind of kill the noise and kill the assumptions, somebody has to come up and say, this is what she does, this is why she's important, and this is why we have her in our inner circle. And even if it is as simple as, here's kind of the baseline, but the role is evolving. I can I can understand that. You have a first time head coach who doesn't know why he doesn't know. So there's gonna be some evolving going on, including what the role of kind of the right hand person is going to be. Because I think and and his name is in the news today, Barrage Nigerian. Yeah. He's going to Boston College. <clears throat> when people looked at Bill, you saw Berge. Is that going to be the same with Gerard Mayo in a lot of ways, where when you see Gerard Mayo, Robin Glazer won't be far behind? Because then that's also fighting something that will be a losing battle for her. You're not Bears. But if you're closely attached to the head coach the way Bears was to Bill, there are going to be a lot of people that are just going to associate you into a role like what Bears Nigeria. Yeah, that is interesting. Watching the uh, all the episodes, and especially the first four, Bears is everywhere. everywhere. He's everywhere. He's never really mentioned, but if you know what he looks like, he's always around. He's always, at least in you know striking distance of Bill in some way, shape, or form. He's just always there. So Bill doesn't get a job. He was probably waiting to see if Bill's going to get a job. Lucky for him, O'Brien gets the job. He stays where he's at, and he becomes you know Bill O'Brien's you know right hand. Well, and you get to. A, a little bit of like the way it was down there, right? Where as a guy like Bears Nigerian was empowered by Bill Belichick, right? So it was a lot of giving orders through Bill. Bears was not the most popular guy down there. And it was really because he knew his role. He was he did Bill's bidding. But it feels like Robin Glazier could be more than that. But will we ever get past the way Bears was viewed as Bill's do-boy 
Is it the same thing in terms of Robin because of the perception? Like, I've, I, I, you know, but you and I both dealt with Bears a little bit. I don't think there's a legal background there or anything. You know what I mean? I don't think there I think, is. I think as far as support and confidant and ear and, you know, you know, shoulder to cry on or confidant or let me throw this against you, see what you give me your opinion of this. I think there will be a similarity there. I agree. You know, because... I mean, bears and I mean, I've heard so many stories about bears. Like, there's not. It's like there's on and on and all the sacrifices that he made and what he had to do for Bill just to make sure Bill got somewhere or this was taken care of. He knew his players coming in, and so was the other person in that building, Nancy Meyer, who was in charge, who has been there forever. And I don't know if she decided to stay or if she left or not. But I haven't heard anything. If you want, she left. That's the person. Somebody like more than Ernie Adams, more than Bears. Like that, she's been there forever, met everybody, dealt with everything, seen everything. Um, Knows who's been crossed off the big boards every year. Yep, that's the one you You really want to talk to. No, that's that's interesting. I've always had the longstanding theory going back to college that if you're a player, the one person you want to get to know, now in football, in college, it's different than the pros, obviously, but it's the the football office secretary. Yep. Because they can get, oh, you're a little, oh, uh, Gresh is a, a professor running a little late for a class. Just left the building here on the way. Thank you. Boom. And they put out fires for a living. Absolutely. They're the best. And they have great connections and relationships with they everybody. everybody on campus. Everybody loves them. Hey, it's my, like, my card's yep. not working for dinner. Hold on. Let me call. Boom. Done. The, the football office secretary in college is the person to know. They can help get you out of trouble. It's kind of like the old security guy, right? Like, you know, Frank Mendes had the connections yep. to the state police. You yep. know? That's I mean, the other guy. You know, that's, a, that's maybe the be, NFL people version. People value that position. I oh. used to always find out where that guy's office that's was. I used to always. That was like the first thing I did. I would make sure he knew who I was just in case. Again, for little stuff. Not like, hey, Aaron Hernandez type stuff. Like traffic tickets, uh, you know, registration, you know, uh, all the little, the little things. Your license, uh, uh, passports. Those guys are tied in. To, to those types of situations. And if they don't know someone directly, yep. they know someone yep. who does. And they're all old-timers, retired. Yep. They just have a big Rolodex of like names and addresses and get-out-of-jail-free card guys, the guy attorneys. Who, the guy who took over for Mendy's, I, I, his name escapes me right now, uh, Mark, uh, whatever it is down there, he's the guy who did like, stuff of the World Cup. Like These are not just... Yeah. like These aren't... With all due respect, <laughs> this isn't like the overnight casino security guy. Yeah, no, who is you guys know, wearing a suit, checking IDs <laughs> at the door. Yeah. This is like somebody who's like, uh, yeah, I ran the uh, security for the World Cup. We need to, you know, watch out for terrorist groups and things like that. Yeah, that guy. I forgot what his name is, but a guy like that is 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 uh, at the center of Spygate. A former F- guy from New Jersey, FBI guy. Uh, that kind of oh, retired the, the jet and, security dude. Yeah. yeah, and that is the golden parachute for for anyone in law enforcement that starts as a beat, starts and then he's a patrol. Maybe he's in the prisons or the jails, and then he's a detective, homicide, whatever. This is the golden parachute. Oh yeah, nobody's trying to shoot me. I'm not chasing anybody down. I don't have to worry about leads or getting shanked if I'm in the if I'm in this if I'm in a jail or anything like that. Well, now we have a better vetting system. There's no yeah. more Aaron Hernandez is coming into yeah. the league and all. I do want to I do want to say this. By the for, way, that gets covered pretty well. I gotta say, I didn't I watch that one yet. 
It's, and I'm I'm like legitimately connected to that story. I'm amazed I didn't get called in. I, I if I told you the story, like how I was connected to like the day before. Yeah. he killed everybody. Oh yeah, I'm surprised I didn't get subpoenaed. Surprised they didn't call me to testify. I'm not even kidding. I'm surprised. My, my name was on the record on, the, on the call logs. I'm surprised they didn't use you to you know, know. talk about it on the air. Yeah. You kind of got the scroogey in all this. Yeah. But Wiggy and I both, we were both in the Aaron Hernandez documentary from two different, like, uh, stations. <laughs> two different. They did two different documentaries. And we were both involved in both of them. Um, I do want to share this with you when we get back, though, because... The ultimate thing that I took out of these, I'll just call it the first four episodes. Okay. I think is important. The one thing that I think we have all kind of lost. What? <laughs> what? What did I say? It was the way you said it. And then I saw Billy smile when you go, the four, four episodes that I think are important. <laughs> Yeah, and whatever. I saw a grin, and it made me chuckle. That's all. I'm not. You know mocking. what? Screw both you guys. I'm not mocking. Hey, screw you. both hey, you guys. I'll be honest with his you. His smile wasn't, had I wasn't nothing. Paying attention to what you were yes, saying at all. His smile. Me and Nick nothing. were talking about. Can something. you keep it your was, smile was, in, until I finish my sentence? I'm sorry. Thank you. <laughs> Are you next? Is done. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Listening to Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Hey, tomorrow we got a big Friday for you. I know it's been a vacation week for uh, a lot of folk around here with the uh, with the schools being off. And I know that uh, public schools and private schools might be on a little bit of a different schedule or whatever. So we're getting into that uh, period of time where some folks might have some downtime. But boy, do we have a busy show for you tomorrow. Oh, my God. Is Razor doing Nesson tonight? Nine o'clock. Oh, he's going to be dead. So it was last night and tonight. Did Razor go back to back late? And then we get him tomorrow at 1125. Oh, he's got kids, so he's got to get up. He's used to it. Right? What'd you say that game well, ended last? Vacation week. Don't they right. sleep in? Uh, it depends on how old they are. No, this is more. It's not about the kids. This is more about. It was a ten o'clock puck drop last night. Yeah. It went into overtime. What are you doing? Thirty minutes of post game, maybe forty five. He he's not leaving Watertown till two o'clock in the morning. You know what I have to say to that? Oh, well, I know. Here it comes what? I know what it Go is. Ahead. Uh, I've spent many a night at Gillette Stadium too late uh-huh. than I've ever wanted to. This is the world's smallest violin. You know, oh, oh, oh. Wah. I was going to say wah. Wah. Oh. They're, gonna, um, they're paying me to sit and watch sports. Oh, this is like, oh, wah. boys. Uh, Billy, is this not like Monday night foyer <laughs> where the next day, oh, I had to, I had to <laughs> sit there until 1230 when the meteorologist had to get done. And then I went on for Burton's flimsy questions. He was complaining about national games three days before they happened. Hey, Christian. It's late. What are you making a game? I'm Steve Burton. See you later. <laughs> Get the hell out of there. No, oh. I love it. Uh, so Razor at 11.25. We'll have a uh, lunchtime parlay at 11.45. Lewis Maloney on baseball from the fort at noon tomorrow. Yeah. 
Boots and, on the ground, Lou Merloni. And uh, at 10 uh, 20, uh, they're doing the media tour. AEW is uh, coming back to Boston in the garden at about a month where Sasha Banks will debut, even though she's now Mercedes Monet. Everybody kind of knows that. But anyway, the world champion Samoa Joe will be uh, in studio with us tomorrow where I cannot wait <laughs> for Fourier to lay eyes. On the Samoan submission machine, I uh, I can't I'm wait. I'm excited, and he's actually coming in the studio. I was just thinking yep. about like how. Um, oh, here we go. Wait, wait, what, what do you mean? I already Let's, know where this is going. No, no I'm not going to challenge him to anything. Guy would if my never. ankle was right, I'd say get on all fours and let's <laughs> wrestle. Let's play Vision Quest. Have you yeah. seen that movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm curious. Like. He's like, what's his bit? What's his thing? Does he have a saying? Does he have a... Everybody's got something that they do. Uh, he's uh, he's he's really a no-nonsense kind of dude, which makes him different in, in that sort of pro wrestling world. Like, his gimmick is he kind of doesn't have one. He's just a badass Samoan who is a very good talker. Oh, okay. A really smart dude. Didn't come from a wrestling family. His family were entertainers in California with the whole fire dancing and stuff. Like really? That. Oh, yeah. At, like, some Polynesian to, hotel? Yeah, he'll be able to tell you all about it. He came from, like, one of those families. Oh, okay. And then the next thing you know, the guy's, like, a badass pro wrestler. When he was wrestling in the old organization, TNA, total nonstop action, not what okay. you think. I totally was going. I knew you were. Um they, he had, I think it was, like, the either the family come in or cousins or whatever. And they did the whole. It's very... Haka ish, except it's uh fire and all that kind I of need, stuff. I need I need Mitch to get some what is it, Samoa Joe on Don't the worry. Twitch stream? I I'll, I'll tell Samoa I'll, Joe. I'll, I'll uh I'll send you everything you need to know on uh, on oh. this one. No. Okay. The big wide guy. Oof. I mean a thick dude too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's not he's two ninety easy. Yeah, so he's not like shredded like the rock or who's the other Samoan guy? Uh, uh, Roman, Roman Reigns. Reigns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So no like no, no. Tat- Hawaiian tattoo? This is a D lineman island oh, guy. Okay. Yeah, no. He would be at nose tackle, this dude. Okay. Uh but did like, you know, announcing and all that kind of stuff and uh, is a uh, is an interesting character. Plus, have you ever thrown on a pro wrestling heavyweight championship? Well, to this, watch? No, no. To actually Oh, a belt. Oh, is he going to bring his belt in? I would think so. He's the AEW world champion. Okay. I'm not I sure would... if they like kind of roll around with it, like, ah, you know, the champ is here type nah, of thing. There's, I don't know about it. I'm bragging about it. No, oh, look at me. I'm going to bring my Super Bowl ring. Oh, there you rings. go. Turn around. There's, I'll bring my Super Bowl ring. That's an old photo from like NXT. Might be a little leaner, but you get the gist. If I ask him how much he benches, do you think he'll tell me? Uh, Probably how not. You bench? How much you bench? I don't know. It's a good chunk. Creatine. Uh, yeah, do you, uh, I'm going to ask him if he takes creatine. Oh, I bet you he says yes. You're going to ask him if you sell him some hydroxy cut? I got some in the back. I'm sure. I'm going to send him up. You're going to send him to Lou? Present. Down it. No. <laughs> Lou's walking around shirtless of the fort. Oh, is he really? I don't know. Oh, God, he's, got, <laughs> he's way too hairy. <laughs> oh, there you go. There's a little bit of the, uh, those are the, those are the titles that he doesn't hold now because he's the world champion. Okay. But this guy, here's the other thing about this that I don't know if they'll, they, they'll tell us maybe not to ask it or whatever. They had this whole thing in London with CM Punk. And you remember Luke Perry, the yeah. actor? Yeah, His yeah. kid's a pro wrestler. Really? He sucks. Okay. Jungle Boy. That's tiny, his name? He's, he's, <laughs> his name is Jungle yeah, Boy. He, he's he's not a full-grown adult man. Okay. Right? I wonder if we can this get This guy did whatever, and he got mouthy with CM Punk. And before they went out for what was the first match of this 80,000 people in London, 
CM Punk in real life front face locks Luke Perry's kid. <laughs> Samoa Joe has to break it up because Joe and Punk were going to the ring to wrestle. So this guy's breaking up a backstage fight, pushing Punk out the door in front of 80,000 people and then following him. But people don't step to this dude is the whole I point. want him to say just like, you know, you are Dunsky. Oh, man. <laughs> we should act like it's a really cool thing. Everybody says it around here. So he says it. And then, like, like people Bean go, Town. Yeah, uh, say make sure you say Bean Town. Everybody respects that, admires hey, when people I say would, that. I would say because this is uh, an occasional Fourier narrative in the wrestling world. They call it going into business for yourself. So the end of our interview with Matthew Hamachek, yeah. what did Fourier do? Went into business for himself. Trying to sell the Christian Fourier story. Trying to sell it to somebody. Well, exactly. Oh, right? my God, he is Dunsky. The, the, right? You mentioned it to John Anik. John Anik is like, this is so embarrassing. <laughs> I'd never be able to put it beside he thought about it, though. the real fighters. He thought about it, though. He did. He did. He said it for us. And see how good it sounds? Until, he could have totally done it. Until Daniel Cormier looks down to his left and goes, what the hell is Dun- Dunsky? <laughs> you know what I mean? And now you're going to, but I will say this, maybe there is a chance you could get Samoa Joe in a promo to slide in Dunsky because it would work from him. Yeah. It's just a thought. Like do a whole, you're Dunsky at the pay-per-view. Can they they do that? Can they do the throat slashing thing? If you do, if you go like this, maybe not, but if you go from the middle of one of these, it's like Randy Moss splitting defenses. Yeah, it's all in how you do it or whatever. Yeah, because I know the whole throat slashing thing is very frowned upon now. Oh, yeah, yeah. There was a whole memo that went out in the league when I was playing, and like, no, they don't do it anymore. Do you was remember? The Undertaker, like, grandfathered in. He did it every uh, night. Yeah, but his was, he's the dead man. Yeah, he so gets away with it. Um, uh, now, do I call year? him Joe or Samoa Joe? Oh, no, Joe. Okay. What year was that that they sent out that memo? Late 90s. I think it was nice. Holmgren was my coach. Wow. It was like either 1998, 99, 90, uh, uh, sorry, 98, 99, or 2000. One of those. And 10 years of, of guys didn't listen at all. Yeah, but but it was real severe. I remember it was like it was it was like the cool thing to do. And everybody was, you get a sack, you get a touchdown, get an interception. It was like hardcore, like ear to ear. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can't do that no more. Yeah. That was uh, John Randall's deal, wasn't it? Uh, he no, was his deal was crawling around on the floor just being a weirdo. Another guy I played with. Wasn't John Randall thing to sack you and then act like a dog yeah. using you as a hydrant? Yeah, oh, like he, yeah, he would lift his it. leg. Oh, that's, I forgot about Crazy that. story about him is like his pregame routine I was like to be it. in his full pads. And he sacrificed a lot. No, chicken. no, 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 no. <laughs> I would like, I remember one time I was like, oh, I'm going to go in the steam room. It's, you know, it's like usually just getting some space, some free time, like getting away from everybody. And the thing was on and his, his, his in there with full face paint, full gear, like doing moves. Like weird. Doing pass was, rush moves. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay, sorry. I'm going to leave. Close, yeah. <laughs> Let me get that all out it's like, oh, sorry to interrupt you, Mr. Randall. He was one of those where you'd be like, "Oh, Mr. Randall." Yeah, definitely Mr. Randall. Uh, not one of those. Uh, not one of those dudes. Uh, another guy to uh, not be trifled with. So yeah. anyway, we got big day guests tomorrow, and yeah. uh, who? Maybe we'll get something out of Fort Myers tomorrow. Maybe I don't know. Something. To I thought we'd about. have something this afternoon, but it doesn't look like, doesn't the, look uh, like it well, is. I'm blaming the cell service. Yeah, I was going to say AT and T is the one that is uh, messing up, and uh, yeah, I'm still SOS on my yeah, phone. Yeah, me too. So yeah. It really, you know what it should say? SOL. Exactly. That, that actually makes more sense. Service in here, I have service. You have service. Yeah. 
Maybe I need to go to the window then and just sort of uh, see if it'll uh, see if it'll pop on or pop up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I know we got into this yesterday, but it is rather interesting that uh, it comes out that Amazon Prime Video is paying a record one hundred and twenty million dollars for exclusive rights to an NFL playoff game after next season. Uh, This is uh, sources that are uh, telling the folks at Front Office Sports. It's just one game. Yeah. And it's $120 million. So again. It's $120 million for one game. I just go back to this is where it's going. But I thought about it more after we talked about it yesterday. And here's the thing. Christian, at what point is the NFL tapped domestically? I thought ten years ago, man, oh man, how are they gonna they wanna get to they wanna get to thirty-two billion in revenue every year, so it's a billion dollars a team in terms of revenue, right? And some might be up or down, but on average, if you hit thirty-two billion in terms of business, then you've really done something, right? But I just wonder. How do you extract from from the domestic marketplace? How do you find a way to squeeze more blood out of the rock? There's no more TV networks to go to. There are uh, it's the, the the streaming services are what they are. But at the end of the day, isn't kind of owning it yourself and going to pay-per-view the only real remaining revenue stream for the NFL here in America. Okay, yeah, and and so the overall vibe of yesterday was just kind of that. Yeah. I thought of and so I thought I was like, okay, here's another example of how it's trending, how valuable it is, what uh, uh, streaming platforms are willing to pay. And um if I'm the league, I'm trying to figure okay, was it does it make more financial sense, okay, as far as money that we can make? By by selling off little you know uh, you know games here game there to five different partners, okay, and really trying to fleece them for as much, making it real competitive and having them overpay, or to farm it out ourselves, like to really own everything ourselves. One platform that we own, that we mo- that we regulate, that we control, and we can reach a worldwide audience. And they all go to this one particular thing instead of like, oh, I don't have Prime. Oh, I don't have uh, Peacock. Oh, I don't have, you know, ESPN. Oh, I don't have, uh, you know, CBS, all that right. stuff. One platform that everyone goes to and they pay a fee. That eventually, and that is my thing, eventually I see that them icing out all their partners. I Now, see, that's where you and I disagree because they're still going to want the check they, I know, but they'll still get it, though. That's my point. Well, uh, so how desperate would the would the networks be? Because the networks are going to have a say. Because they will literally do the whole, "Hey, make me an offer I can't refuse." Okay, because they're so desperate to keep that, and that's why, like, if I'm ABC and I'm ESPN, like, I'm okay. Well, let me go all in on college football. Let me back channel and make sure we take a big chunk of December and January because we're the second most important, most viewed sport. And really, even though they're not really a threat, at least make the NFL think maybe differently. That is overall what I thought was going to happen. I, I don't think it's going to get that deep because then the NFL would start to get into paying production costs, find people around, hiring crews. If the NFL just housed it on their own, 
they're then incurring the expense that they've had the luxury of having someone else incur on top of paying them a ton of money. To me, the only carve-out I think can only be the Super Bowl and these sort of standalone deals in terms of, oh, they're going to get the one playoff game for $120 million, that's sort of setting the price point. If you notice with these networks, what you and I talked, what was it, a week ago, about the whole Warner Brothers, Discovery, ESPN, yeah. whatever it is, the the sort of the coming together of the streaming sort of service and, you know, they'd be able to, you know, economy of scale, you need less people, all that kind of stuff. The networks are going the way of we're going to partner together to be able to give you the money that we need because we love your product. How you devalue that is take away the Super Bowl. But as you pointed out many times, the top 100, you know, uh, games or the, the top shows. 100 shows are littered with football games. Yeah. And the network doesn't want to give that up. I think some networks will be a little relieved. Oh, I don't have to pay the Super Bowl premium, but I can get everything else. Fine, I can live with that. And then the NFL goes, you know, 100 million people at 50 bucks a whack, and they can just pay CBS or Fox or whomever. We'll use your production crews, da-da-da. Because when you think about, what is it? So you got 17 games for 32 teams. You just do the math, and you start to add the NFL incurring production costs, flying people around, but there's not enough money there. For the Super Bowl, and as we were enlightened to the worldwide rights, if the NFL retains the worldwide rights and goes online with the Super Bowl, good Lord, they might be able to, they might be able to make a ton of money. Here's the other part of why I'm on the Super Bowl thing. Do you think if the NFL won with your idea, they would be very interested in selling ad inventory to all those games or just one? Well, it would be all the games. I know, but that's the point. Would the, I don't think the NFL is motivated to put all the games on their own platform and pay for production and hire everybody and sell all that ad time as well. But if you do it for just one game... Easy peasy. No big deal. Mm. Then they can keep not only the Super Bowl revenue from people buying it on pay-per-view, but instead of CBS getting $5.5 in an ad, the NFL can then keep all that extra yeah. money as well. I, I just think that there's, when you think about the, the billionaire owners and how they made their money and how $10 billion is awesome, but $50 billion is even better. Oh, yeah. I just feel like they're just too greedy and they they really control everything. So I just it, eventually it's going to change. And even I will even say this: another aspect of this, just talking it out with you, is you add two more teams, you have more inventory. I how do I create more inventory now? Instead of thirty two teams, it's thirty four teams. You know what I mean? And then you add the cost of that. Everything just went up in price. Um, I'm providing you more inventory for your platform, or I'm going to control it myself. You you and I share a little bit of a brain in that I do think they're going to go to what would be 17 teams per conference because they can handle that because you pay you're you're playing 17 in the regular season already so now it allows you to if you want to kind of go old you might you might still have to do a crossover but you know what I mean you do play some teams twice but you can then go NFC AFC, and the only time 
two teams from each conference meet is in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So it kind of it goes old school like the way it was ALNL before interleague play, Major League Baseball. You would only see the two best teams match up in the World Series. You can keep AFC and NFC away from each other if you just add two more teams. In theory, you could probably dig in and do it now if you wanted to, but I don't know. The the schedule that they have kind of works now, and they don't need our advice yet. Yet. But it's coming. They're going to oh, need it our, is. They're gonna, We're like a we'll, guy. We'll both be in our retirement homes. We're like guys at a driving range just waiting for the yep. right person to be there to be able to tell them how they should yeah, do exactly. what it is that, uh, that they should do. Uh Johnny Manziel was a guest on Shannon Sharp's podcast, Club Shay Shay. He was open and honest, and oh boy, does he hate a former New England Patriots quarterback. Find out who, and big deal, no big deal, next. Tell your smart speaker to play 93.7 WEEI. Gresham Fourier on WEEI. All right, big deal, no big deal. All right, so, Gresh, like you mentioned, um, Johnny Manziel was on Shannon Sharp's podcast. Um, and I'm, I got three clips for you to play for to play for you. All right, and the last one is uh, identifying the quarterback that he hates most that played for the New England Patriots. But here's the first one. Listen to what he says, and I'll, I'll let you know. Uh, let me know if it's big deal, no big deal. Give it to me, Skip. My dad went and had a meeting with Kevin Sutton. And pretty much went to him man to man and was like, we'll take three million bucks and we'll stay for the next two years. And my dad says this is true as is today as he did when he told me. So this is a backroom deal. It went on for 30, 40 years before. It was the same way that was happening when you was getting recruited back in the day. And you guys, you know, y'all, Texas A&M got money for it. I mean, Texas A&M, nobody got no money like Texas A&M. Y'all got the big dogs. And so $3 million, if he had gone to any of the boosters and said, you know what? Johnny Dad said he'll stay for an additional two years if we just break him off three mil. Just keep it in cash. Throw it somewhere. We'll get it later. We don't need it right now. Right. But for my security, if something happens for two years down the road. Right. And my dad did this without me knowing. And I ain't mad at him about it for right. nothing. It's right. the way the business worked back then. Right. There was a bag man. There was a bag man at LSU. There was a bag man at Bama. There was a bag man at every school. All right, so there's a, there's a couple of aspects of this quote that I think are interesting, but big deal, no big deal. Uh, his dad going behind his back, asking then head coach Kevin Sumlin to give him three million dollars in order for him to stay, or the fact that he's outing all these other schools for having quote unquote a bag man. Well, uh, it's all no big deal at the end of the day because I think everybody knew there were bag men. I think everybody knew that it was dirty, uh, and in fact, I would say the big deal of this is that. Old man Manziel was smart enough to realize, hey, my kid might make a bad decision. So let me try to give him a little bit of a safety net because he might be a dumb dumb. I think the big deal is that Kevin Sumlin said no. Kevin Sumlin, now at the time, Cliff Kingsbury was the offensive coordinator. Uh-huh. Okay, so it was, they were trying to turn it into like a package deal. Hey, uh, Johnny Manziel stays. Um, you know, Cliff Kingsbury stays. And we can be relevant and good for the next two years. The amazing part is that Kevin Sumlin said no. That, maybe, to me, is the big deal. Maybe he really didn't want Johnny Manziel. I think there's another aspect of that that I think at that point in time, remember, he wins the Heisman Trophy. Yeah. The next year, he's horrible. He's not even the same. He's not even going to class. He's just Everything is remote or online, and he's doing all these autograph signing. He's making all this money mm-hmm. under the table. 
I mean, no big deal is the fact that an SEC team was had boosters that was willing to pay their players a lot of money. Oh, what a shock. I can't. Can you do you know of a truthful, a true story other than like you, know, you hear you know, like rumors where guys were getting hardcore cash? Because we know what happens, right? NIL now removes any you know sort of accountability, the and the boosters are the University of Miami in the nineties. Yeah, absolutely, and they were so blatant about it, especially mm-hmm. in that. And you always hear, I always heard about these stories after these guys got to the league. Hey, so and so brought me a car. So and so bought my mom a house. So and so got uh, gave me twenty five thousand dollars cash. I was like, dude, they didn't offer me anything. No, that's the thing is that there were a lot of schools that were trying to play by the rules. And impossible. It is yeah, impossible. Well, and that's how we've ended up with a lawless nil strategy now that. People are like screaming, yeah, it's great. It's going to ruin college football pretty quickly here if they don't figure it out. So so you do Awaken 180, right? Yes, sir. Okay. You're pretty successful. I've been doing it for a long time. They're great for our show. We love them. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I have an easier way for you to lose 40 pounds. <laughs> I think I have. And I, this isn't my idea. Oh, really? This is Johnny Manziel's idea. Oh. When you hear him talk okay. about all the weight that he lost and how he lost it. I was 210 pounds when I left Cleveland. I was 170 pounds sitting in Vegas that August, that September, October, whatever it was later in that year. How you lose 40 pounds? You're on a strict diet of blow. (laughs) Big deal, no big deal. Johnny Manziel losing 40 pounds because he does cocaine. Mm. Are you not believing him? I remember when he was in his Vegas, I'll call it his Vegas residency. Yeah, he Vegas was, residency. He was, what a great line. He was skinny as hell. Um, he was absolutely just doing nothing but just doing cocaine and staying out late. You know what's really funny is, I, uh, part of the reason I don't think it's a big deal is because it's a joke <laughs> from Chris Rock <laughs> oh, really? in one of his stand-ups. When, uh, what, uh, what was the line? It's like... Uh, uh, if Bill Gates woke up with Oprah's money, he'd jump off a bridge. And then he also says uh, something to the effect of Shaq is rich. The guy who signs this check is wealthy. Yeah. He's like, if you're just rich, you can lose that with a drug problem over a summer in Vegas. And that <laughs> was Johnny Manziel. Yeah, but he wasn't wealthy. He well, wasn't wealthy. And, and his, his family had oh, his, dough. You're right. Let's his, put it this way. He had enough money to buy four months of cocaine. That ain't cheap. Can you imagine the fact that Who can give this me, dude... What, what's the going rate on a bag of Coke? I, I Hit us up in the Twitch chat. I cannot believe that <laughs> the Cleveland Browns actually vetted this guy, yeah. researched him, and literally decided that he was worth a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. I, I This goes to show me that nobody has a damn clue in the Cleveland Browns Dumb, douchey, and desperate. Now, where did our offensive staff come from, by the way? A lot of them came from Cleveland. Oh, okay. Some of them came from Cleveland. I'm yeah, just your wondering. quarterback's coach came from Cleveland. Oh, your yeah. offense coordinator came from Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if they had they anything like, to do with Johnny Manziel. Luckily, this was 10 years before. Yeah, I don't think it had anything to do with Manziel. Uh, no, but it just goes to show that there's a history of decision-making yeah. in Cleveland that is not great. Okay, so this next one is pretty interesting because, uh, first of all, I love it. And if Johnny Manziel was in my quarterback room uh, or in the tight end room, I would basically treat him the same because he's a dope. He didn't try. He didn't study. He didn't do anything. You would not brother-in-law. No, not a chance. I wouldn't help him out either. Oh! No, but he'd, he'd get Michael Westbrook? Uh, <laughs> no, no, he would not get that. Listen to this one because it, it brings up a familiar name that Patriot fans know well. 
Ryan Hoyer had been waiting on opportunity to be able to go really provide for his family, get an opportunity. And he saw how much of an upper hand he had on me. Mm -hmm. And he didn't hold back when it came to that. So there was instances in the quarterback room early on where I would ask the same question a couple times and he'd be at the head of the table and go, again, we're doing this again? Keep him out of it, right? right? Let's just cut that off. And I don't have a bad word to say about Brian Hoyer. That is just fact of what happened in that room. So when that happened... So if we were to ask another quarterback that's in that room... Go ask Connor Shaw. Go ask Connor Shaw, who played at South Carolina and was with us in Cleveland. Go ask him how Brian Hoyer was in that room. Go ask Dow Loggins. Big deal, no big deal. Poor Johnny Manziel Aww. not having the big brother and Brian Hoyer to support him and uh, tell him he's good enough and and he doesn't need to study. He can just pure athleticism, Grash. Yeah, uh, it's a big deal because Brian Hoyer was a pro. When you're a pro, there are certain standards that other people will try to hold you to. Brian Hoyer did the right thing for Johnny Manziel. Yeah. Get him into a scared straight. Yes. Or he's going to flame out of the league. That's how Hoyer lasted 14 years. I'm telling you, can you imagine you're Brian Hoyer? You come from the Patriots. You're working underneath, uh, you know, Tom Brady. You do get your chance. And they draft this knucklehead, and he asks the same questions over and over again, just making your meetings longer. And then poor Johnny Manziel, why weren't you nicer to me? Because you were doing blow, not caring. You never watched film. And here Brian Hoyer is calling you out, and you're going to try and shame him? Well, give me a break. I'm surprised he was actually – He, I feel like he held back. That's I the agree. Only, wait, the only thing he said was, this again? That was the only thing – what did you expect him to do? Well, again, it's the new age. Maybe but he's an, he's an old age guy. No, he's I know. He's older now. But I, I, maybe the problem was is that the uh, the Browns organization at that time wasn't into the Huggies and Bum Pats. I was thinking about this when I heard all these clips. I'm like, imagine you're the quarterback's coach, and you're trying to teach this guy, and he just doesn't want to listen. And when he does, you realize he's dumb. Like, he's football dumb, right? Not yep. C.J. Stroud. I took a test. I don't care. I'm football smart. He proved it. John DeMenzel is dumb and dumb. Like, dumb and dumber. He's dumb as a student, and he's even dumber as a um, football player. You got to tell the head coach, and then the head coach has got to tell the GM. The GM's got to tell the owner. We really messed up. This guy is horrible. Just runs around, doesn't watch film, does not care. All right, well, let's go back to the drawing board again. Well, Johnny Manziel became, unfortunately, what a lot of uh, fans sunk their teeth into is to, that's what I want with a quarterback. Oh, yeah, run around. He's a modern-day quarterback. Run around and go make plays. Or why are you running around to try to make plays? Because you don't know how to run the I, offense I, you're in. I still don't believe. The only guy that really get it right, um, oh, man, I, his name is, uh, who is the the old analyst for ESPN? He was the only guy that actually read um, oh, Merrill Hodge. Merrill Hodge. Mara Hodge did a oh, whole evaluation yeah. on first take when Skip Bayless was championing, uh, you know, Johnny Menzel like crazy, and so was Jerry Jones. By the way, those two guys wanted oh. Johnny Menzel oh, big time hi. from Texas. I mean, you come from Texas. Tell you what, ain't nobody running around like Johnny Football. 
That's a big deal. No big Wasn't deal. Mike Evans also at uh, Texas A&M when Dr. Together. Remember? Yeah, that's what I thought. Maybe that was why he was so successful. It was, so, it was basically just throw the ball up yeah. to Mike Evans. Yeah. That's when Mike Evans was all of Johnny Manziel. It was a little bit of uh, like Penix this year up in Washington. Throw, you got two first rounders or pretty close. You got two top 40 receivers. Three. You know what I mean? Throw, yeah, it's true. Three. Throw it up. Let him go make a play. For as long as the draft will exist, there will always be guys like Manziel and Jamarcus Russell and Ryan Leaf that somehow slip through the evaluation cracks and get through and trick some stupid GM and coach that they're worthy and forget about all the warning signs. I just want to draft you. I just don't get it. You know what? I just don't get it. I'm glad you mentioned warning signs because we're going to get back to the uh, little pizza party down at uh, Gillette Stadium yesterday. But we know we have quarterbacks to talk about. And maybe Fourier, one of the things we should get into is... uh, warning signs throughout this evaluation process. We will get to that as we start to final hour Gresham Fourier next. Now, more Gresham Fourier. On WEEI and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. You mentioned off that Johnny Manziel thing and it was interesting. Because again, you played with a whole bunch of quarterbacks, good and bad. Yeah. You mentioned they the Browns ignored the warning signs with Johnny Manziel. Uh, there's on-field, and then there's off-field. The off-field stuff, much more difficult for us to maybe kind of parse through, figure out, you know, like even like Kayshawn Booty, right? Like one of the knocks on him was, might not be the best practice player, right? Isn't a consistent guy, da-da-da. Was trying to work it through last year's why it was a seventh-round pick. But as you mentioned, Cleveland just went, you know, see no evil, speak no evil, nah, I don't care, we're just taking the guy. What are the real warning signs that would make you pause? Whether it's on the field or the off the field stuff's pretty easy. You got to try to figure out what they're going to do with money. What kind of people do they hang out with? What's the family background? Like, I remember this. I was calling a game in the CAA once. And where I was at, Towson, they had a great running back, Terrence West. You could tell he was a pro. Yeah. Right? Like, at that level, he ran for, like, 300 in a playoff game or something crazy, right? His mother was a nightmare. You heard her in the stands. You heard her yelling at the coach. It was. Yeah, I know those. Oh, right? Those, they're at every level. And that be, and that was. Was this the Terrence West that played for the Browns? Uh, I do believe he was with the Browns, yeah. this. So this, but this, but his mother was everywhere and vocal and a pain in the ass, and people were like, oh, my God, you have to deal with that, whatever. He ended up, I think, leaving after a junior from the FCS level. He was that good. But stuff like that, those are things that I don't think people sort of think about. How's the family react? How's that dynamic going to be? Am I bringing that into my locker room? Am I going to have a guy whose mother's like, you should be getting the ball every time, baby. You know, something like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. That just sort of, you know. Becomes... Yeah, so that's off the field issues. Yeah, yeah. So, but you're curious about the uh, the the flags that you would uh, alert you to uh, on the field issues. Yeah, like Johnny Manziel was lauded for making plays outside of structure. That it became the new big thing. Ooh, he makes plays off schedule. Well, when you don't know the schedule, everything's off schedule. And that was that dumb dumb. I think for me, like the one thing I would I would have to believe that you could handle the volume of plays 
and and at the at the lowest level explain it. Like you got to be able to explain it because I'm I I'm already drafting you with the idea that you can throw the football, right? And you could throw a fade and you can do all that stuff. I need to know that you can how quickly can you process the information? Uh can you quickly for those who might not understand the context of the quarterback explaining it. Like you said, at a very base level. So if you're a veteran, you're playing with a young quarterback, there's some sort of disconnect. Like, you might know it. Would you still ask that guy? Like, would you want him to explain it to you? I'm just curious. I would. I would need, he would have to prove it to me. And, like... Like, other positions don't really have this problem. They don't, like, as a tight end wide receiver, like, hey, they don't really put you up on the board and tell you to explain this. Honestly. A front. Like, dude, I couldn't uh, tell you a front if you if it was a, to save my life. You know what I was going to say? It sounds like a little bit of what you're saying is a, a, a position group that would have that would be the offensive line. Like, you would say to the center, here's the front, call the protection. You got to explain it a little bit. Same for a quarterback yeah. as well. But the quarterback needs to know the protection as well as the center does so that everybody is on the same page as to how that's blocked. Yeah, up. and and that would be, I guess, because I got to know that I'm going to throw a lot at him. Is he going to be able to handle it? It's going to be more than he's ever heard or seen in his life. He's going to – like the famous clip that we play of uh, Sims, um, Chris Sims. Mm-hmm. Where um, Gruden, oh, Gruden gives him the to play, do that Gruden play call, and he cannot get it. He can't get it. Like I, you got to be able Let's to go scatter to west, right, tight, F left, three seventy two Y stick Z spot. Here we go, scatter to west, right, tight, F left, three eighty two Y stick. Christ. I got to be honest with you. I think I screwed that up too. No, no, but if you you package it. It's I know. like it, you, you get, don't you learn to package it. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's like so once you do that, it's really easy. And it's it, it's it is. I'm just telling you, it is. If you were able to kind of you know package it up as uh, formation, you know protection, and then play, you know it's easy. Scatter to west, right. Yeah, three seventy two. I, I think X thick Y cross. I think one of the things that uh, that should be dug in on is that whole play outside of structure deal. Because there's a lot of nuance to that. Like, for example, did a did an O-lineman just blow a block and the play was there, but the quarterback had to react? Okay, fine. But it's the, well, if the quarterback had just hung in a half a second more or just let that ball go a little earlier, you know, the underneath crosser was coming open type thing. Or did they tuck it down and run it and stuff like that? Like, I think what we're, unfortunately, Christian, I hate to say that quarterback play for some, has become more about the flash plays than the plays you're supposed to make in rhythm and within an offense. I think people get hooked into the flashy ability of a guy who can tuck and make people miss and run for 60 yards if something isn't there. And I'm not saying that isn't valuable, but a lot of times there are other plays to be made within the way the offense is called where that guy might have just freaked out and gone into business for himself and made a great play, but in reality, you're not running the offense. What, Does what that is make your sense? yeah? And what what is your three most? You're, you're a GM. Your three most important criteria for a quarterback. Like, what are the three things that you would say my quarterback's got it? Because I saw Alex uh, Van Pelt mentioned this. He he talked about the three things that 
that were important to him. And I'm listening to going, geez, I don't know if Mac Jones has any of those anymore. Um, I would say it is the ability to process information, number one. Yep. Because you got to be, as you said, you got to handle the playbook and you got to see it. Uh, and the old double A anticipation and accuracy. And I go accuracy in front of anticipation because I need to know that regardless of where you throw the football or how you throw the football, that you're going to be accurate first. If you have the ability to process information and you're accurate, I do think the anticipation is something that will come along as you get more comfortable at the pro level. Okay. The leadership, the toughness, the accuracy, and the decision-making. Interesting. Okay. Similar. The one thing I think that you left out that I think you would have added anyways. Intangibles would have been my third. Oh, okay. Um, I thought you would have said. No, it's Well, more, maybe this isn't intangible. Well, because yeah. intangibles come in a lot of different ways for some. Like, not every quarterback is a fiery dink. Like, not everybody is like Tom Brady from that standpoint in terms of I will get in your face, I will beat your ass, I will outwork you, that kind of stuff. Yeah. But what other intangible do you have that can help a football team? You can't ignore it just because it isn't the, I'm going to get in your face. Well, the one there's is toughness. Yeah. Was, would have been the, that's the one that, that Aaron Van Pelt yeah, used. It's got, it's, and I think that's something that Jones lost. And it's funny, we were talking about the dynasty, and you could tell like what was happening to Drew Bledsoe in episode one. It's similar to what really kind of happened to uh, Mac Jones a little bit as far as what Drew Bledsoe turned into and what Mac Jones ultimately turned into also. Different ways, but I think it's similar. I think um, I think with quarterbacks, the the thought is how physically tough are they? I'm almost more interested in how mentally tough they are first than the physical toughness. Because if you can't mentally handle everything that's thrown at you, including the media, including the criticism, all that kind of stuff, then you're just gonna you're gonna crumble anyway, or you're not gonna be able to learn the playbook or whatever in the world it is. Um, I I think evaluating quarterbacks is not quite inverse of what you would at other positions, but holy cow, you all right over there? Yeah, you're like falling asleep. No, 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 my leg. If I just it gets locked up my hip by putting them up on a. Oh, I, I got you. Yeah. All right, well, well, I'll, I'll go get you the. Uh, we'll we'll go get the. Billy, what's that little thing that like? Uh, Remember, like, old mechanics used to have where they would have, like, the little thing of oil? Oil can. And and you'd, like, you know, oh, we'll lube this up so it stops squeaking. Gotta bring the Tin Man back to life. There There we go. go. Yeah, we need uh, need some oil for the Tin Man here. So we'll get him squared away. Now, more Gresham for you. On WEEI. The hell is this? 80 Saturday night? Hollowed Oats. I know, but still. Uh, Hollowed Oats. I'm going to vibe now. Can you uh, can you lip sync this? Uh, lip sync this one? No. <laughs> Great for the for the audio listeners. He tried. <laughs> He's trying. I'll tell you. <laughs> the key is just to be over animated. Ten dollars shake. <laughs> Love Hall and Oates. Hate this song. <laughs> it's, it's very polarizing. The Hall and Oates songs that people actually like. Are they both still roaming Earth? I think they're yeah they're uh, they, they broke were, like, up suing each other yeah, yeah. that's what I thought they're yeah. in like a big battle now Oates right was trying to play songs that Hall didn't want him to play oh something God Almighty songs. I mean didn't they both make about what do we figure those guys got to each be worth all, what fifty million each if not more right like they got plenty of dough what in the world are they bickering think? over Well, uh, you know how it goes eventually 
Give me like the band so, that has actually stayed together and never had a fight. A so successful I, I don't band. I know how, uh, how you do with these Menudo. online. But as of 2024, the combined net worth of Daryl Hall and John Oates is an estimated to be around $120 million. Okay. I went 50 mil each. So, so that goes, and I would say that was probably 70, 50, 70. How's that break <laughs> up? Because Daryl's getting more of it. Uh, okay, so yeah, say it's... Song, which one's so. Daryl? Right, so say Blonde it's 60-40. with a real soulful voice. Okay. Yeah, still. Well, he's the only one that sings. I mean, uh, 120, so you're looking at... Yeah, it's like a 75-45 split or something like that, whatever. Yeah, that'd work. Still, it's enough dough. I mean... I don't know. You get into bickering and all that. And you're, no, Menudo. That'd be the one Menudo that would say is still together. together. Yeah. It's, I mean, okay. Hey, well, a version the, of it, like the old school band, the Platters. There's like the 900 Platters. members of them. There yeah. are, yeah. yeah. Cool and the second gang. Like, it's starting to move down that road. Those are like the people that Metallica. Those still are, together? Uh, well, yeah, they've had people come in, come out. Yeah, they but for the. I mean, no, they've had the. Yeah, the whole basis thing is whenever uh, one passed away. Yeah, yeah. One well, they, in, they one left one. Came that's in. right. Kirk Hammett, I think, was the one who might have uh, Cliff. Scru- uh, Cliff, 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 Cliff died. I can't remember Cliff's last name. I Kirk Hammett's still there. Oh, Hammett uh, is still Jason there. Newstead, oh, Newstead's the one who left. How and do you? Then, yeah. How do you like? How do you become the guy who's just the bass player? And yeah, they're allowing you to be on the on the cover of the album and all that stuff. And but everybody else is doing all the hard work and you start bitching and complaining for more like at that point in time just gonna be like listen i'm just thankful for everything you guys give me yeah that's michael just thank you thank you thank you thank you that's michael anthony and van halen he was like he was one of the guys that was like along for the ride along yeah. for the ride and then it was like nah, maybe i should get a bigger piece of this or whatever and i i don't know how that all ended like i know they tried to get wolfgang van halen in there and all that stuff and oh they Valerie. Yeah, yeah 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 because eddie van halen obviously dead yeah of course yeah. but you'd see like the mom valerie burt and ernie she's putting the <laughs> photos out there of young he's, a, he's pretty insane as far as guitarist goes uh wolfgang oh, he's God, freaking he ridiculously good yeah right you would think i mean so. your dad was Eddie Van Halen. It's like a damn Fourier playing sports. True. Again. How many more? Like uh, one. I think God. he's on the Metallica Gillette. Is he uh, really? Tour. I think he's one of the openers on one of the nights. Is that right? A solo act? so. Like, has he got his own band? Yeah. Really? Huh. Well, all right then. Joby Wan Kenobi, Weird Al's band is still together. It's just Weird Al. <laughs> oh, you kidding me? How is, isn't a guy like Weird Al completely canceled? You For what? You can't do a spoof song now of I'm fat. Well, I saw, uh, you know how many people my... would be lining up to sue for emotional distress? I saw him a couple summers ago. Did you wait in concert? I did, yeah. He did. What's the uh, pavilion over by the seaport? Oh, I know you're talking yeah, about. So Open air pavilion, I saw him yeah. There, I want to say it was like summer of 19 yeah. or whatever. And his only thing is now is like he doesn't do the Michael Jackson songs. So oh, he doesn't do I'm fat. He doesn't do I'm fat and he doesn't do uh, Eat It. Oh, Which really? might be two of his best songs. Yeah. He's got say. an amazing catalog. He's got a ton of good songs. That guy oh, is... Oh, the Coolio one that he did, the knockoff version of Coolio was pretty good. Yeah. He, he is... Uh, like, yeah. Weird Al is ridiculously talented. He did a, he did a whole Star Wars version of American Pie. Come on. Yeah. Like, a whole... It was right after, like, whatever the first... Whatever was the... I'm trying to think what the newest episode was. Not newest. It was might have been right at the time. Phantom Menace, I think, came out. Like, the first new ones. Yeah. He did the American Pie version of, like, telling that story. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah, Weird Al was, was great, but I don't I don't know how he'd be able to survive now. Yeah, Wolfgang, you, uh, Wolfgang Van Halen isn't on the Gillette one, but he ha- was opening for Metallica on their current tour. God dang. That's, that's pretty some, impressive. That's some talent right there.
And well, again, a, you can do it until you're 80. Well, you're a noted flautist, aren't you? <laughs> well, you don't play the you don't play. You can the, say you play the ukulele. I can bring one in if you want to bust it out tomorrow. Oh, I can literally play one song, and that would be uh, "No Woman, No Cry." I thought oh. you were somewhere over the rainbow. No, 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 no. Everybody tries that. One. That's Esra. That was like the first song everybody that. said when I said I got a ukulele for my yeah. birthday. A couple. Oh, you play somewhere over the rainbow. <laughs> yeah. Why? It's because I'm a big guy with a ukulele. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why is that? <laughs> yeah, because you're so big. You're, you look like. Right. Uh, oh, you're heavy set. You must yeah. be able to play it. No. Yeah. Like, look I at this can't. big guy with a small guitar. Yeah. They'd be like, No, I studied the, the Tiny Tim catalog. I can yeah. play all those songs. Google Tiny I can, Tim. I kids. can pluck it, but I can't. I'm terrible at strumming. You literally could just That's like I was learning one from I was, Billy today. I was learning with uh, like finger tabs. So basically, just put your finger here, put your finger there, sh- pluck. But then as soon as I had to go like up and down with my hand, I'm like, man, this is tough. So only- I figured it would be easier because it's four strings, right? It's small and it's four strings, and I have fat sausage fingers, so it'd be like <laughs> the perfect hand for a ukulele. And oh, that's tough. true. And uh, through some texters here, you uh, two is the another band one. that right. is stuck together. That's a good one. But they made Rolling Stones. But, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But Aerosmith. You, but uh, and and what I don't are, even know anymore. No, but think Steve about Miller it. Band. No, stop now. <laughs> no. Uh, but those ones you mentioned before the Steve Miller Band, those are probably at the end of the day billion dollar groups, aren't they? You would or think pretty close. Where all the history, especially yeah. the Stones. Yeah. So you wouldn't want to run from that. But and, like modern day bands, like I mean, well, they don't even have them anymore. Again. I mean, you'd have to go to like Green Day, like Foo Fighters, and Green Day, Foo Fighters, yeah, Killers. something like that. There aren't many bands left. No, Mm-mm. yeah, Keyboard, they're really they're they're out, but they're not on the uh, radar as much. All, as the, all the old ones are coming back and reforming. Like Blink One Eighty Two, they came yep. back. Some Forty One, they came back. It's all the pop punk ones that need money again. Oh, isn't like In uh, Sync and Backstreet Boys or something? Aren't they going to do something? Well, the In Sync got the... together. In Sync got together to do a song for like a Trolls movie. But then, like, JT immediately was like, yeah, no, I'm going on tour by myself. <laughs> they, well, that, so they, he got the world excited thinking there was going to be an yeah. insane tour, and then JT's like, mm, I'm good. See, if that guy needed a couple of bucks, they definitely, for all the middle-aged moms out there who'd go nuts at an sync concert, are you kidding me? Yeah, the age, rate, the age range that he covers is insane. And those people, and, and those are people with expendable income, so they'd go. We're going to buy all the merchandise, right? all and the hats all the and merch. shirts, all the books. It and, becomes, you know, mom's night out or whatever, yeah. and they all stay, you know. <laughs> What I mean, that's a cash cow if they really uh, want to go down that's that road. That's where Greg should be hanging out. Oh, Greg should be <laughs> just cleaning up on the stragglers yeah. coming out of the building. Just like I just looking for anything. Yeah. I just, oh, just call. Can I call you JT? He'd have to do a lot of dying though, because doesn't you need think, to do anything. No, Goggles I just, galore. I just think he's got to throw a couple compliments out yep, there. Yeah, that, that's it. Really? really, doesn't cost him a thing. But don't you think that uh, some of the middle aged ladies of America that would come together to go to an in sync <laughs> concert might be looking for someone ten years younger, not ten years older? No, no, because no, no. I think the oven's already warmed up. Yeah, just ready for like, something. <laughs> I can just see Greg leaning up. on like a post, like a lamp post, with wearing some jeans, his thumbs in his pocket. He's yeah, just kind of he's got yeah, he's got, well, he's got like a toothpick in his mouth. You know, the he's just kind of yeah, he's just kind of waiting. He's just waiting, wait. He's just really waiting to make eye contact, are, right? Are, are he's the, just like scanning the, the. There's one. Are the shirt sleeves rolled a little bit? No, you know? not. He's not going to do that. Oh, he got a butt. Got a butt rolled up in his white V neck. He looks. He looks so he dangerous. Cuffs, he, cuffs, he cuffs his jeans. No, nah, oh, he's got to. Nah, you know what it is. Grego would have the dip in and then the full <laughs> tin in the back pocket. There's that. Forget Whoa. the forget he looks, the smokes. He looks dangerous. Ooh, oh no, he puts a tin in the front pocket so you can see that circle right uh, by his, you know, uh, uh, thing. What do you have, Sean uh, McVeigh type pants on? 
is the question. Oh, I don't know if he can. I don't know if he could pull that off. Not enough yeah. ass. Not his he job may, to pull him off. May have. Yeah, yeah it's true too. <laughs> Just yeah. God dang it. <laughs> it must be. It's true. It's his job. It's not my problem. It's not my problem. Oh my god. Not wearing a belt tonight. <laughs> oh, exactly. So, oh, everything's a, a button fly. It's yeah, got his '90s porno pants on. Yeah. His button it's fly a, jeans. No, not even. It's a drawstring. <laughs> hey, pull every, the, pull every porno in the '90s had button fly uh, jeans in it. Hey, hey, pull this string. See what happens. Uh, oh uh, my god. Yeah, some of you, some of you twitchers. <laughs> I mean, I'd love to be able to use some of these for crying out loud. Uh, so I clean it up. See if you can clean it up. Uh, yeah, it's, I, it's a little too much. I had to turn to the text to uh, see if there was uh, something there. But <laughs> no, my God, some of the some of the people freaking out on the uh, on the. Uh, the so I want to only jump in real quick. Yeah, please. Okay, because uh, I didn't get to tell you out of the dynasty like what stood out to me because there's four that have been released. There's still more more to come. But out of the ones that that have been released that we can all watch, the one thing that I. Just read it. No. Just I'm... read it. Just read it. Somebody. I'm trying to save you. you. Me? Yeah, you. No one knows. I'm just grinning. The, uh, you ladies know I'm on the radio. <laughs> yeah. No, he doesn't need to say anything. That's the thing. He doesn't need to say anything. And then someone, lots of Craig Hill talk from Cheese Rich. <laughs> Would Greg wear a piano scoff like Mike Damone? Uh... From the movie Fast Times at Richmond High. Yeah. Like, it's filmed in Were my you neighborhood. looking to Gresh to answer that? No, I was oh. thinking that he was going to answer it, no, and you I, actually got yeah, it. That's, yeah, uh, that's a part of I the like, whole... I didn't think you'd ever get that. Yeah, it's, it's one of the last movies made where a mall was uh, important. Yeah, very important. Mike Damone in the no, pizza place. No, 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 uh, no piano tie, no piano scarf. He just needs to just be a, be available. That doesn't need to say anything. No one liners. They're already warmed up. The oven's warmed up. The engine's ready to go. Hey, do you know I got a foundation? No, nope, don't need to say that either. Don't need to say that because then when they actually walk into his apartment, they will see a picture of himself. Who says they're going to his apartment? Oh, they got. They can't just. It's not. This is. You know, we can't be. You know. We do you think Greg Hill does not he's have a sh- backup place? Yeah. Do you think he doesn't he's got a, have he's got a like, flop house or he's a shag got like shack? The the Dallas Cowboys version of the White House. He's well, got that one of those homes with mattresses in the rooms. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's for the cocaina, but for yeah. the other thing, of course. Yeah, I would think that. Uh, yeah, like you know, I don't think he's calling Wiggy and being like, "Hey, man, I need a place to bone." Yeah, come <laughs> yeah. on in. Yeah, no. No, and I, I, Greg doesn't want to take him to his high food neighborhood. Has, I don't think he has that much energy to go ahead and get a flop house. <laughs> I think the- he would literally just be like, hey, this is this is what it is. Greg's ashamed now. They got all the migrants moving in down <laughs> yeah. here. Him. So he's oh, gonna man, go he's going to move out now. He's got to go to the... He's going to move out. He's got to go to a Spring Hill Suites or yeah. something like that. Listen, the neighborhood <laughs> was not like this when I bought it. Oh, okay, man. when I paid a lot of money. Do you know Tuka Rass lives in my building? <laughs> You may hey, hey, it's Craig. You may bump into a Bruins player. I, mean, I don't know if you're into that. Ooh. No, maybe Ty helps him out. He goes to Ty's house, take him there. Little garage. Action. Too far. He lives yeah, in your area. He true. lives way down where you live. No, he's not that far. He's in Rhode Island. Is he, is he really? I think oh, so. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, in Rhode yeah. Ty is. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Closer to the casino than me, but yeah, yeah because I do live in Mass. I know you've had a hard time with this. <laughs> I have. Actually. I almost feel it's like I need to get it. out the Mass. I'm not gonna lie. It's like Seacock, Rhode Island, still (laughs) feels like it should be a thing. I feel like I need to uh, like (laughs) send you the photo of the what it would be. Here's the road that I take to get home. You should pin it like when you get your house, and then like kind of highlight the 
the uh, the border right there. Oh, man. And then just make sure that I know, look, Christian, this is Massachusetts. <laughs> this, is- this is Rhode Island. Now, this is when I was in Massachusetts. Now, I'm still in Massachusetts. You are here. Yeah, one of those things. You're going to realize that you can walk down my road to the right about 10 steps, and there's the border. I'm like, it's I, when I say I could hop over it. You should get credit for both, or at least this, both states should be taxing you. Oh, my God. That's coming next. Hey, if you're, you, if don't you're, start, Christian. If you're don't, five miles, now, we're having see, a nice fun day. Now, now don't he's, start. Now he's, see, now he's trying to poke the bear a little bit. <laughs> now he's trying to get me to go nuts. On Betty, I would say if on Betty Gresh Enterprises being in Rhode Island and us living in Mass and trying to deal with these people at the DOR. See, yeah. see, it's like if you didn't lose your mind yesterday, then you're never you're pretty you're pretty disciplined. I would say like you always talk about losing your losing it, but you pretty pretty composed yesterday during the break. Before pretty the, before we did, are you done? I was not composed during the break. What do you mean? Yeah, you were. No, I was. Well, during the break, you had a live read. Oh, that, <laughs> you cursed and then at something right before it. And I me did. And Nicka, like, ah, uh, what did we mess up? But what do we do? And then I'm like, it must be the script. Is, no. what, <laughs> is what I said. I go, no. there must be a typo in the script. Uh, no, but uh, God, that drove me nuts. No, but this. Uh, see, but you got. Well, hold on, for the record, though, you got your you tickets. Did. No, I got it. You no. got the tickets. Oh, uh, yeah. you got your tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we ended up. I, I walked my wife through. Literally, here's where you log in. Yeah. Do this. Do that. Cut and paste. Da, da, da. So it was a user problem. It was there. a little. It was your problem. No, we. Think, you were messing up. No, we think what the issue was was that you can buy tickets here on our Wi-Fi through Ticketmaster, but the AXS site it wouldn't go through here because it wasn't even a problem with like my credit card or anything like that. Because my wife had it in five minutes. Again, I made it to the top of the hill, and now we spent too much, but I also gave up control because I couldn't do it, and I was emotional, and I'm just like, just get these things, and okay, uh, they, that's a, they, fine, it's done, <laughs> but still, I'm well-funded, I'll take it. Oh, man. But uh, no, and Christian brings up the tax thing because of freaking road, they, they, they Okay, so I, I know. Sorry, Nick. I, no, I did. We were. We did. Hey, how about Greg waiting outside at New Kids concert? No, now I've <laughs> lost the feeling. That's fine. Just like he. No, never mind. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, yeah, we, only, fine. we only. Uh, we only kid because we care. You were gonna uh, give us something about the uh, pronouns about football. Uh, listen, I'll give you the one minute version of this. The dynasty, what it showed to me, at least the can first you, four episodes, can you do right? A minute and a half. Okay. Yeah, I can do. I can do. I can give you. I, absolutely. Good. Okay. If you are one of these um, owners of the teams that needed a coach and you said, you know what, let me see what all the fuss is about. And you had like an outsider's understanding of what was going on inside. But and you heard about how Bill was with his players and how he could motivate them. And but you also heard of what a jerk he was and he was militant. And he was this. And he was that. OK, you can't watch the first four episodes and not want to punch yourself in the face for not hiring that man. You cannot you can you watch the, and forget about how we. Whatever you thought, whatever you think about Spygate, the dude was so good at managing rosters, emotions, themes, the year, personalities, messaging, like everything about how he would convince you that this, how did he get you to do this? And it just everything of what he said, how he addressed the team, how smart and clever he was with, you know, the theme of the week, the theme for the year. You can't watch that and not be like, God damn it. Ah! Like, you got to be kicking yourself because it proves how unbelievably brilliant this man was. Did he kind of lose it at the end? Yeah, big deal. Okay, over the course of 23 years, so freaking what? The way he spoke and the way he motivated people, 
I tell you what, it's second to none. Like, it's unbelievable how good he was at his, and he still is at his job. So, if you're there 15 years, probably kind of wears you out a little bit with anything. But I don't know how these guys watch this and just not regret the people, the person that they hired. I just keep going back to Bill Belichick and Jerry Jones. It just feels like both will find a way to make it work. I know we never played this, and maybe it's relevant tomorrow, whenever, but Jimmy Johnson is now in that circle. He's now almost like a consultant for Jerry Jones. Jimmy Johnson and Bill are best buddies. Jimmy Johnson is on like either a council or a yep. committee or something with Jerry Jones within the Cowboys where he's advising him. The yep. other one, and we didn't get to this either, is Nick Sirianni and the Philadelphia Eagles. We should save that for tomorrow because that's, a. I feel like, if we're placing odds on like where he's going to be next year, Philly's on the list. Yeah, Philly got off to the hot start, but it kind of feels like Sirianni might be a little more of the guy that we saw in the opening press conference. Where it seems was like he's like it's like he's kind of exposing himself a little bit to what he really is capable of doing. He may have just had a quick run of success, and now he can't handle it. I don't know. There's going to be some massive options out there, and they're all going to be first rate, top of the line. Insert coach, win games. Oh yeah, definitely, and. Being able to hire that guy right away because he's a street free agent, meaning Belichick, yeah. you can you you can fire your coach and yep. bring him in pretty quickly and gobble up the assistance that you want and bingo bang. He can literally be there in December, just observe everything and start making moves, be in the building before the season's even done. No, no question. Are you done? Brings it home next. Remember, you can listen to WEEI on your smart speaker. Just say, play 93.7 WEEI. Now, more of Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Are you next is done. Now, it's time for... Are you done? Are, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? You done, right? You done, right? Are you done? Are you done? On Gresh and Fourier. Time for Are You Done? Tomorrow, Luma Loney at noon to talk baseball. A very weary Andrew Raycroft will join us at 1125. And at uh, 1020 or right around there, the AEW World Champ uh, Samoa Joe in studio. In in studio. So we'll have a little fun. We're uh, in uh, texters are already and uh, the uh, Twitch chat as well. Already uh, making predictions on how you will react to how Samoa I will J- react? Yeah, yeah. Well, you're known for start crying like no, I'm at a no, 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 boy but, band concert. No, but you're known for blurting things out like, "Oh, I can beat that record. I oh, can put why? on that many underwear. I can. Why beat, would I? Do I can that? beat that guy in the octagon. I, I can beat Conor McGregor. I just want him to say, "Are you Dunsky? That's it. Okay. That's just uh, that's uh, that is what I'm going to say in some way, shape, or form because he's going to. Have like a promo, right? That he'll probably shoot. He'll have it. Will he have the the opportunity to speak like before the match in the ring? What? How will it work? Yeah, I'm assuming he'll be doing multiple promos where he'd be able to slide in Dunsky if wanted to use it again. It's like, now, John do, are Anna. we invited to this event? Do you want to go? Is there a handicap section? <sighs> okay, forget it. I, I know go. the answer's no. Actually, no, because I don't want to go to this. Yes, probably for real handicapped people. I yeah, mean, right. I'm technically yeah. handicapped right this moment. And they're gonna, yeah. Well, this not is, a real, no, this a real is handicapped. A, well, this is in a couple of weeks over at TD Garden. I oh, guess as long as I'll I be on the walk then. But well, okay, but they, it would be hop along. So I don't know. You just ride up with me, be easier. 
But yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm oh, like, no, you're we, definitely going. If we want to, if we want to go, we can go. I don't know if I can go yet. It's on a okay. Wednesday night. Oh, uh, in a couple weeks. Okay, I, I want to say. Let's talk about it seriously. I we should be a like show outing March 15th or something, uh, or March 13th. I, I think it might here. be whatever. I it won't is. be here. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, so gonna, I do want to go. It would be fun. I like going to these events when I actually know somebody. But I feel like it's, you know, like if I go to a sporting event, I like to know the person at least a little bit to root for them. Otherwise, I just, you know, you know, Samoa Joe and I, we're going to be best friends by the time he leaves. What's your, what's your favorite event that you went to where you had someone that you had a connection with? Was it a golf event or did you go to the Pro Bowlers Tour maybe or something no, like that? No, no, no. I don't really go WNBA to any of, I don't really go to events. I don't, oh, I'm okay. not a big guy. Like I mean, football I games, know, basketball games. Because you just said you like to go to things where you know you know people. Yeah, and I know no, you I do. go a lot of places. I don't so. though. That's where you're wrong. I don't go to a lot of places. I don't. I go to my kids' events, which are all over the place. But uh, but knowing somebody like this, like knowing him, having him in studio, like even if John Anik comes back in town, I would love to be, sit around, you know, his area and just watch him work. It'd be fun. Oh, well, a lot of people would. Yeah, I know, but we know him. We're friends with him. He's friends of the show. Yeah. And then maybe he says, hey, for you, you want to come on real quick? I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah. Dana White runs a tight ship. I don't know if we'd be able to to sit by our guy. Don't you know Dana White? No. I thought he's been here before. Uh, Well, yeah, years ago. I'm sure there were probably people who tried to run him off. Well, I don't know why whatever. Do I don't I don't know about that, but I'm just saying okay. that No, I just wondered. I mean, again, you know a lot of people. I don't know, maybe you like a nice tennis event because you know, you know, Jessica Pagula. That would be the only way I would go to a tennis event. Stop. At, what other reason would you go to a tennis event unless you knew somebody? If one of your daughters said, "Dad, I'd like to go." Here are the tickets. I'll drop you off. At you. The oh, I'm not going to. I'm not going to the tennis. Anyway, I'm not you going to from Wimbledon. You're not going. Uh, I guess the main event, like the championship round. Sure. Yeah, it's That's center still court tennis. Yeah, yeah. Champ- uh, the most important yeah, the game of uh, of the weekend it or the whole two the, weeks. Isn't it like three it, weeks long? It would be a match, and yes, it's about it's like three, three weeks, weeks right? or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. They, on my bucket list, is Wimbledon one of yours? I've always wanted to go to Wimbledon really? just to see sort of the setup and the infrastructure, how foofy it is. I'm not as interested in, well, I'd love to be at center court for the final. I'm more interested in the, hey, I want to go just as a normal spectator and see what it's like. See, I would say, like, the Masters would be way ahead of that. Uh, I would never doubt that whatsoever. Well, that, like, the, the Kentucky Derby has always been, like, a bucket list <laughs> thing. But, what? I, but infield. Yeah. I don't want to I want to sit in the, no, I want to yeah. sit in the infield yeah. with the common folk. Yeah. That's where the real fun is. Oh, you'd want to, yes. you'd want to go yes. to, the, well, you'd want to go to the Preakness then. <clears throat> well, I, I had a buddy that I that went to Kentucky, you know, is a big Kentucky Derby guy, like uh, one of my best friends when I played for the Seahawks, and he would always invite us to go to the Kentucky Derby, but he always said, "Listen, we we do infield stuff. We don't we don't sit with the, you know, the rich folk. You know, we blue collar." You're not up. hanging with Tom Brady. No, 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 no. And he kept uh, that that was my goal. Have you ever seen that at the uh uh whenever they go to the so what is this the Kentucky Derby and then the next race is the one that's in Baltimore, right? And then they go to New York for the the Belmont, right? Okay. So that one that is in Baltimore, they do the running of the portalets. What's they a portalet? Uh, Porta John. Oh, really? And they will run. They'll try to have drunken people, the the common folk in the infield, <laughs> try to run across the top of them and not either get maimed, uh, fall in, or you know, end up incarcerated. Or I like it when like they that. have like the old people sprint, and they put the old, real like you got to be over like seventy five. 
and they put them in like uh, you know, and they what are they called the cages? I don't even know what the, the, the where the horses go. Is it called the cages or whatever? It would be the starting gate. The starting gate, and then none of them can actually make it. They all end up eating dirt, and they just they pull a hamstring head first. It's oh, just I the thought best. I thought you just wanted to race old people because no, no, that's where you're at to get wins now. Well, absolutely, we should all use our knee rovers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's it. We are done. My money's not on you then. Uh, oh, no. I can go straight ahead. Pretty hey, good. Listen, a hundred uh, for a hundred meters, he's okay. If there's a turn, forget about it. Yeah, I can't hit the turns. Uh, Chicken Egg and Billy produced it on the radio side. If something went wrong, uh, blamed him. Good job in video as big well. Big day tomorrow. Oh, yeah, big day. Can't We've got wait. a lot of fun tomorrow. Jones and Mego are next. Foye and I will see you bright and early tomorrow. Can't wait five seconds. Turn it off. 10 a.m. Jumping Jesus. Look how nasty this is. Thank you for listening. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.